Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Midges on the 22nd of November 2020. I've said many times that truth is uh, it's not so much elusive, uh, it's, not, it's not something that squirms out of your way, it takes help to squirm out of your way and, and you help it because you don't want to look at it and believe it. <laughs> And it's rather sad, isn't it? But it's a, a human trait to have. We live in a, a form of hope that other people will fix our problems for us. And that's why people, too, also blame everybody else for their problems. Individuals do it all the time. It's, an, again, a human trait. And uh, young people are more prone to it. We've all been through there. Where it's much easier to blame everything else rather than blame yourself for certain things, too. But people who go through their whole lives being managed, and liking being managed. This is part of the problem, too. Uh, become everybody else's problem. I said back in the 90s on a, a radio show that after I told them the agenda, you know, and uh, at that time people said, oh, no, that could never happen. Here we all are. <laughs> it's bingo. But back then people oh, no, surely not. They could understand what I was saying because even then I used uh, the facts and and articles and books put out by the players themselves of the people who really run the world, you know. And because they don't come out generally up until now openly uh, to say, yeah, we run the world, just go back to sleep, you know. Unless you read their books, they hinted at an awful lot. In fact, some of the quotes I've given out too by some of the big players, including Rockefeller himself, where they thank the press and the media for not exposing to the general public, uh, what to do in their big, big meetings, their international meetings and so on. And, and they actually said that, but they could never have got this far without the help of the, the press and not telling the public. So now these aren't conspiracy quotes either. These are factual quotes. You can find them out there yourself. You're run by a system, obviously. Most folk, are, we're all born into it. We don't get a choice that we're born into it. And I've said before that you have to get early indoctrination. First of all, it starts with your parents, because they had indoctrination to believe the system was all real too. And don't blame them either for for how they ended up, because you'll be the same way and a, a different generation, just as confused perhaps. But they went through wars. Some of the people still have their parents alive today who went through World War Two. And then the Korean War, and then the Vietnam War for the States, and for Australia too, by the way, and they used British Special Forces as well, in there as well, to get them bloodied and tested, etc. So it's war after war after war, and since then you've had what they call low-key uh, warfare, where they don't put it out on the book so much to the press, but there's wars on the go all the time, multiple wars, as countries vie for resources, basically. Uh, and by countries, I say that the, the, the corporate nation-state, because it is, it's, it's, it's really a corporation. And everything under that, that you, you sign on to, it means that you're working for the corporation, whatever you do, including the military, of course. And when you join the military, you're not a member of the public anymore, you're private, you're a private soldier. You're owned privately by a private company, you see. And technically you give up your rights as a member of the public. 
when you become a private and you're owned for a time of service, you're bonded, you see. So folk don't realize that you, you, you go along with and you give your assent and consent to being ruled by voting. And, and the trick has always been to create parties. Oh, this, this is for the working people. That's how it used to be. Until most folk don't have any work to go to, you know. But that, that's how it used to be. So you join that party. You say, well, I'm a working person, so that'll speak for me. And you wouldn't think beyond that, really, until you looked at the, the, the West, and Britain especially, it was awfully prominent in having communist leaders <laughs> running the, the Labour Party. And many of them for years and years, you know. And it came out later, of course, uh, for to, to, just to verify it, it came out later by authors who wrote books on it. And they mentioned that Cook and different ones were members of the Communist Party. And they had lords in it too, of course, House of Lords, because many members of the Labour Party, they love to get knighted and get up there. They're, awful, they're snobs as well, you see. And most folk can't figure even that out because they, they, really, they really think. You're, you're trained, as I say, to see things just in, in basic shades of black and white, you know. And, and in reality, it's beyond all of that. When you think that communism is, is really an idealistic thing for equality and, and yada, yada. No, no, no. It's nothing like that at all. Communism is a term to be used for techno technocratic rule. Technocracy, true technocracy, is really a form of managing the socialistic system efficiently. That's what the big boys want, you see. And that's where you're going. And people get caught up in ideologies without realizing, wait a minute, don't fall for the ideologies. Don't fall for the excuses for anything. Because that's part of this big game. We're so well under, it didn't all start in the 20th century that they were understanding human nature. We've been studied for thousands of years by rulers and their advisors, kings and queens and so on. Vast amounts of knowledge on, on how to manage populations and every possible scenario. Yeah. And of course in the 20th century, definitely they had more money public money funded into the into universities and studies in psychology and behaviorism, which then added added to the uh, techniques which now apply upon the people. And then with the internet, that's it, basically. Everyone's observed and you're transparent. As I say, you're the, the true nuclear family, you know. N-E-W, clear family. They see right through you and they know all about you. And you help them because you, you, again, you know, if you want to use this program or that app, you've got to accept their rules and you sign everything away, you know, firstborn and all. So convenient, isn't it? So back in the 90s, as I say, I mentioned at the end of, of a long talk on the system and what was coming and how we got to where we were then too. Where after World War II, you had a little bit of a break because you had all that industry built up with taxpayers' money, by the way. The public-private partnership is not a new thing at all. And, uh, and they went into actually producing things which you need and you could sell. And so from about 1945, ended 45 to 46, and then into maybe 1970, there was a bust of prosperity 
for working people and the middle classes too. And from 1970s it started to wane because now you had multiple factories being cloned across the planet producing the same items. And once you go into third world countries, you can't compete with, it, with the cost of labor. And that's why eventually your politicians, who are all crooks anyway, and they are, they all, they all belong to fraternities and they're crooks. They're all sworn to stand by each other. And they signed off to, through the GATT Treaty and the free trade negotiations with China to bring them in as the most favored nation partner. And uh, it still stands today. And, they, and they, they, we paid, our tax money paid companies to move, uproot their factories and move wholesale to China and to be set up there. to be paid for all. Thank you very much, politician. And people still vote, eh? And, and they were really true. Truly, they did sail through it. Most folk didn't realize what was going on. If you mentioned to them, don't you, even you, you buying the stores now is made in China. And it's like, oh, there's no question about it. There's no inquiry. There's, there's no puzzlement about it. It's just, yeah, yeah. And people floated through it. So in that talk, as I say, in the 90s, I said, when I was asked to give the people some um, cheer, basically, and hope, and I said, look, I, I'm not here to be a cheerleader for the people. Because that's, that's part of your, you've had too much cheerleading your whole lives long. And you have to make decisions personally, you see. And stop leaving everything to other people to do for you. That's why you're in the mess you're in. You're always waiting for the, for, for the, the one, the movie, you know, or you're the one, he's, he's the hero coming to save you all. You stop doing that. Because the world is coming for you, whether you like it or not. At least those that run it. You gotta understand this. So I said, no, I won't be a cheerleader for the people. I says, and I says, I have two problems in, in, in the system. I says, one are the elite who run it all, you know, and and they're they're the dominant minority, as Huxley called them. And then you have the academic and scientific community that implements all, including the psychologists and behaviors, on us and social services and, and the civil servants. They push it on us, you see. So you have one group, the elite and their helpers, and, and then you have, really, the general population. And the elite use the general population to go after you in the middle that doesn't want any part of anything, you see. Well, you know, they've accepted all this, no matter what it is. Why aren't you? And they'll turn, up, they'll, they'll turn them on you. It's easy to rile up the public, the mob, you know. You see in the Frankenstein movies. Easy getting riled up. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not going along with what we're putting up with or paying extra taxes or wearing masks or whatever it happens to be. Or walking on their hands, perhaps, maybe. Maybe walking on your hands. I haven't seen that yet. Um, because it's an airborne thing now, you know, COVID. And maybe if you walk on your hands, you're lower to the ground, you see. And it'll go over the, where your face would have been, you know. So that'll be your knees or somewhere, or maybe your ankles. If you're walking on your hands. I'm surprised I haven't pushed that yet. But anything's possible, right? But anyway, what I'm saying is, they use the, the mob, the, the general bulk of the population, who are always afraid 
of every, all through time, they're afraid, you know. Of that's why they, 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 they want to be secure, and that's why they obey everything. That leads to imprisonment for everybody, and, and many forms and many levels of imprisonment. I think Jefferson said it too that when a people, you know, fear their government is tyranny, basically. And the, the way you can get a balance is when the gov is when the government fears the people. That's the only way we have any kind of freedom is when the government's kept in check. The trick to, of course, to overcome that is to get mass persuasion by mass communications on a daily basis. Especially on, under, we're here to save you. If you if you don't if you don't tune in tomorrow to get your daily dose of terror on the television on the news. Then you might die because we might say, we might say something tomorrow that you, that you'll miss. You see, this when you save your life. Just simple psychological terror warfare. So yeah, the general public are your problem too, and they always happen. And you can't help, you know. It's not a matter of despising the general public because you've you've come from them yourself. And I've often been asked the question, and many people ask each other questions, ask me the question, and I ask, I, I've asked myself many times too, what is it that makes some people want to know what's really going on? And what's behind it, and a bit of the history of it, and so on. What is that thing that drives you to do it? Because you're driven to do it, compared to other people who just don't care. They go along with, they, they get angry, they'll be emotional and angry when things are cut off, they can't get what they want or whatever it is to be, happens to be. But they they don't really want to know. And, and I did, I was, back, back in the, the late 90s or 2000, uh, someone offered me $40,000, a big businessman, you know, to give me a, like a, I call it a drive-through answer, so you're driving through for a donut or a coffee or something, uh, to, to just sum up from, he believed what I was saying, but sum up from in 15 minutes. And I says, no, I'm not going to do that for you, you know. I could have done it, or done something like it, or conned the man, but I wouldn't do that. But it shows you that people don't want the, to take the time to just collect, not just data, but understanding information. Big difference. Anybody can part, everyone's been through school. You know what they want at school. And people would cram before examinations. And then they'd forget it, all the, all the, t the stuff they'd learned in the cramming. They'd forget it over the next few months. You know? What's the point of it now? When something is so vital, not just for your, your whole life, but for future generations, things to know. We are, if you're aware of things that are coming down the pike, through laws and regulations, and, you can, and, and organizations can head it off at the pass, so to speak, then you're doing a, a tremendous job against really dark forces, including the general public. The, the public are dark, they're dark. They're entertained to death. They, they can talk endlessly about sports, a lot of the guys, and who did what when, you know, what year, and blah, blah, blah. 
and 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 they can and they'll talk about movies. A lot of women love the movies, and they can reel off actors and actresses and their personal all the gossip stuff. You know, that's what their that's what their reality consists of. And everything that really matters frightens them, and so they 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 close themselves off from it, and they'll close you off too. And I used to ponder that. And if you look at different religions, you do get examples of the same thing happening in, in generations, thousands of years ago. From even from Buddha, you know, and and even pre. Um, I would say, but I, I still call them, call them the more recent religions in a sense. But even from Buddha, you know, and Siddhartha, because most of what you get from Buddhism was written by his disciples, his followers. And they wrote, once he died, they wrote about what they'd learned, but some of them wrote commentary of the talks that they'd have because they they didn't get enough. See, people don't get enough from you. Knowledge isn't enough. They want something extra. And I used to say that if you have something, the spark inside of you, they hit you. I might might, might have always been there just waiting to get turned on. This thing that puts you in a roller coaster of knowledge. And it is a roller coaster, you know. And you can't switch it off once it starts. And it comes on like waves of... And I mentioned too, back then, that... It's like gestalt. I've like gestalt, where everything that's around you isn't just you coming into it. It's all there already, and it's also in you. And it, it comes together inside your mind, if you want to call it your mind. And you understand that, that... that Aha moment, as, as the occultists would say, you know. That's what Crowley was referring to, aha, you know, was a term. But long before him, and uh, and many other religions, actually, you find the same kind of thing. It, it hits you. And it's, it's always been examined by those who get hit by it, because in ancient times, even outside Hebrew faith, because yeah. a lot of the, uh, that whole area was steeped in lore, very old, old, ancient lore. I think partly because of the warmer climates and their ability, of course, to have big rivers, and that's where they camped along big rivers for irrigation and crops and so on. Whereas the northern climates had these repeating ice ages <laughs> over time. And many ice ages too, where it would just even Britain and part of Scotland it was covered in ice a few times, and the folk had moved in, moved back out again. They can tell that the same people keep moving, kept moving in and out, even by the DNA from bones and things from the marrow parts of it. But anyway, in the, in the equatorial areas, uh, they they were much much older, of course, and those who were into into philosophy or questioning and started to write about it, gave us a, a vast knowledge of it. But many things began in religions as they tried to explain why, what things were, why are we here, what is this all about? And is there something else beyond all this managing things? 
because you can learn. The new is too. You can learn as much as you, you try to learn. Learn to fill yourself full of knowledge. But you still have that little thing occasionally hit you like tap, tap, tap. There's something else beyond all this, you know. Children have a much a much better understanding because they sense it, and they they don't deny it. They don't throw it off as silly. I mentioned different examples of of um, this natural tele- telepathy, for instance, where your best friends or your me- family members might start whistling or singing a song at the same line at the same time, things like that, and you laugh about it. You take it for granted. It's normal. Things like that. But getting back to this need to know and and the questioning of it, it's, it's always it comes down to something. There are people who have something, and it's alive, or, and maybe there's people who either don't have it or it's dormant and it hasn't been awoken. You see, and it might take a necessary act of will to open that or, or that little door. Eh? Because I say the followers of Buddha, for instance, Siddhartha, some of them complained. They said during his teaching, they kept asking him to go further into the realm. Don't forget, too, they were in India. Eh? In India, ancient, ancient subcontinent, ancient uh, peoples. I mean, peoples, plural. Eh? And, uh, and many languages. And, and many, many, I mean, millions really of, of gods. But through all the gods, many of them are aspects of human nature, if you want to call it that too. And so they wanted to try to, put, to, to ascribe certain facets of human nature to a god and use it as, a, as an, an external example, something, a pictorial drawing or something. So some of the disciples said, we, we kept asking Siddhartha to go deeper into the spiritual side of things. And he wouldn't do it. So many of the students who were already soaked in the old traditions of reincarnations and so on, added to Buddhism over the next couple of hundred years, two, three hundred years. And you have the present form today. They weren't happy just to get the teachings of Siddhartha himself. Who left it that way? He, he he told them about life, and he told them about the present life, and many other things. I'm sure that we went over their heads at the time, because people who have itching ears, even if you turn, turn over to the Christian version, the term itching ears, people who are, they're desperate to know secrets, right, as opposed to knowing wisdom and the wisdom how to to apply things and use secrets. You see. Most folk are after power. And folk who seek power can never be trusted. We should, we should learn that in our lives. Look around you today, what's happening. Power has been, uh, uh, the hell has been created every, every generation. We get a chance at hell, you know. And world wars are what it happens to be, you know. Power, power, power. And we can say it's such an easy word, power, but we don't want to go into what power is. And power is a very, very dangerous thing. And it has to generally 
steal its, its power from you, actually. You must participate in its power to be ruled by it, whoever it happens to be. And the trick for running millions of people and controlling them is, again, as old as the hills, as they say, keep them in fear, establish a system that will benefit you, and you'll be a ruling class, you might say. And you'll create divisions of things that the people then need, mainly because you've cut them off from doing it all themselves. Because power must eventually take all, all necessities for human life into its hands to have that and control power over the people. And it's never been so evident uh, as it is today, especially under COVID and the coming famines, etc. Because it's all a cover for the Great Reset, which is just the whole, whole, the whole 100 years of Agenda 21 crammed into 100 years. COVID-19 is being used as an excuse to get you back on track with sustainability, uh, the climate change, depopulation, austerity, sustainability, millennium project, which morphed into agenda for the 21st century, the United Nations agenda for the 21st century, or simply Agenda 21, where a whole bunch of uh, new changes for living and lifestyles will be ran through and have been so far, but you've got a bunch of years to go yet. But they plan to literally reduce the population into a post-industrial, post-consumerist society. And uh, step by step by step, that's only part of it, of course. You can read it for yourself, but that's what's being used for using emergency war powers uh, to save us all from COVID, really. And they've been rather blatant about it at the World Economic Forum and the Club of Rome and all the other big institutions that work with them, CFR, Trilateral Commission, etc. That's where you have to go very quickly, actually. The whole global warming agenda, sustainability, it's all the same thing that they couldn't ram through quickly enough. And they've simply gone into phase two and just call it, you know, COVID um, lockdowns global reset it's permanent folks unless you do something about it and Clint Eastwood isn't riding in a pony to do it all for you and no politician is going to get in that's going to do it all for you either that's the most scary part of all for most folk oh I might have to take responsibility myself yep that would be the only way, actually. It's like a divine intervention. And once again, getting back to the old idea of what's in people. Things that occultists have scoffed at for so long with the owl, you know, the owl symbol. That an owl can see in the darkness, you see. The darkness being society, the... The darkness that Carl Jung talked about naturally too, because he was a Rosicrucian and he was steeped in it. A lot of his, his insight was, was certainly interesting, no doubt about it. 
but his mother it was a, an occultist too, and that's where he got it from. He learned from his mum and trying to dissect the mind coupled with the connection to spirits. That's why he and Freud split up, by the way, you know. Freud literally um, was part of a political agenda, which were did it's the same agenda over and over and over of of experts dominating and running the world. And the greatest way to do it is to tell you that you're not in control of your own mind. You're rather stupid and dumb. So let a professional genius do it all for you. So they 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 get the star making machinery and they call him a genius, which he wasn't. And and you start to quote him and part him and. He, he must be a genius. He's he's so famous. That's that's the criteria for being a, a, a genius today, you know. So you got to go back further and further to to get answers to it all. But Carl Jung, regardless of what they say about him, and he did do a lot of make a lot of blunders too, but he did split with with Freud because Carl Jung knew he says there's something beyond just this this humanistic agenda. And and Freud split up with that too. Freud said we must make sex the sole criteria uh, for the motivation of the masses, libido, you see. And that's what they would use as a tool of destruction and then rebuild again. And we've been through all that, haven't we? Sexual revolutions and things. But, but uh, Carl Jung did know from experience, there was more to all this than just a, a, a basically an atheistic, humanistic agenda where man is a supreme being. No, he's not. He said that, that there's something else here, that there's spirit, something spirit, and a connection to spirit. And so he, he had his dreams, his own dreams, to do with uh, something outside of himself, something much bigger. And that's why he eventually said, too, in his last interview, in fact, it was, he said that when he's asked, does he believe in a, in a God of any kind? He says, oh, I don't believe in I know there is a God. See, belief is a faith-based thing. Knowing is beyond just that. Big difference. Be a couple of that with the same, again, these eternal questions. Eh? Where you, you have Paul in the Bible, in the, in the New Testament, who refers to people who won't follow and who dismiss things just offhandedly. And you can relate it to the general population. Where he talks about when you could give them little gems that you, you may really, and again, philosophy, you know, um, it's like the love of, of the conversation, you might say. But he says, they're creatures of instinct. They meant base creatures. They, they couldn't, like ants or mice, or, they're programmed. They're probably programmed. They don't have to be taught what to do to survive. They're just programmed and they go through their life like the, the, the ones before them, generations before them, just never changing, you see. Why that is, I don't know. And I think most folk could be the same way. I mean, it's again that something spark gets lit to know for some reason. So these are very old questions, eternal questions. And I don't think there's been a country 
they could write and leave records of things that didn't go through this, that, that didn't question these, these same eternal things over and over and over. And as I've said before, you can, that there's way more, way, way more to, to basic religion. And you, don't just toss it out the window. And, and don't judge them by, by, the, by the works of even modern day people. <laughs> who go off the rails at times, too, in a society that's already sick in so many cultural ways. So where do you think they get ministers and priests from? And then you blame religion, you see. And would you rather have a humanistic society where they're deciding now, right now, it's in the open, who's going to live and who's going to die? That's what sustainability was all about, too, by the way with no divine intervention, even in the form of a person who represents a religion. Huh? That if it still had enough power, could definitely tell the bulk of their followers, which is a part of the masses, is like to stand up and say no. And the government's generally backed off. And that's why they hated religion. That is why they hated it, folks. Then they trained the modern crew that decided to demolish the people. They trained them in advance to hate religion, you see. So there's no one going to help you. That's how it works. This is massive warfare, well understood by military departments and unconventional warfare, as an example. And you're all victims of it, and you don't even know it. And you have been your whole lives. This whole, everyone's alive today is, is really, uh, has gone through wars that didn't even know were going on. But it affected all of them in many ways. Especially their thinking. And their opinions were all given to them. Even their arguments to fight over were given to them. They don't know that either. That's what they mean by the preparation for the century of change. Well, you're in the century of change now. That's what they called it in the last century. The one coming up was now. It's here. And in the Old Testament, you'd find that prophets were picked. And, and being a prophet wasn't something that people wanted because it meant you'd never have a normal life ever again or even time or leisure, and, and maybe even the, 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 the peace that, say, family people would have and so on. And so they give you lots of examples of people being picked as prophets. And again, it wasn't something you would seek generally. Some people did, but a lot of them didn't. And so they give these comical little pictures of, of someone under their fig tree or in their in their uh, vineyard or something, just enjoying a, a nice day. And um, and then God would speak to them, and, and they say, by name, eh? And, and they give the prophet, who's that? He said, I'm God, eh? Oh, really? Why are you speaking to me then? And and God would tell them, you see, what he had to do for them. <laughs> he wanted them to do for him, basically. And it wasn't like you were getting a choice, you were being told. And you would see the reaction of the prophets of woe and the whole thing and the gnashing of teeth and anxiety and because it literally meant that his life would never be his own anymore. And it's a good example of what can hit people. It doesn't mean you're a prophet, 
but it means if something's happened in you, if you've really gone on a, a search, a quest, the quest for answers. And again, most folk get lost, just like the internet too, same as internet, and, and overwhelming data. Data is useless as data. It's selective pieces here and there where you can get something from because it literally comes alive to you. If it doesn't come alive to you, then it's just put it back in the category of data. And and don't fall for the to be used by someone else. It's not that at all. You you'll come to your to opinions for for the first time for yourself. You'll get your own opinions by analyzing facts and experiencing things perhaps that you didn't even imagine you could experience. Again, most folk go after the quest for, to get power, and that's the wrong thing you know, to do. As I mentioned it before, in Buddhism, there's levels in Buddhism where you, you'll start to see, they'll see things move around them. They'll see into realms that, that you, couldn't, you didn't know existed, sort of thing, but there's names for them all. And... Most folk will get caught in, in this illusionary phase, which seems amazing. It's like an LSD trip to a lot of people. Uh, and powers and forces, etc., are there. And folk get trapped in it because they like it. They want the power that they see. And, and they want that ability to capture power and then use it. For, and it's always for nefarious purpose. I don't care how you, you want that kind of power. You'll always use it for their own purposes. Because you're, because you're seeking it in the first place. You see. They say that the ones who go higher, ignore that whole phase. Don't get trapped by it. You ignore it completely, and then you pass on to the next phase at the much, much higher wisdom or learning. And that's one example from one people's culture, one religion's culture, an experience of getting to where they want to go. And then, of course, you get the other ones who were like Aldous Huxley, who was at a dead end. Yeah. For a good part of his life, he was at a dead end. And he and his brother, Julian Huxley, initially thought they were born, and rightfully so, into a, a scientific strata that was the helpers of the elite. They worked for the elite. So you had the dominant minority, then, then you have the, the group beneath them, the scientific type elite that would manage the affairs of humanity for the elite, including managing the masses of people. Uh, so they took that for granted because of their, their background and their family histories and so on. And the Darwin connection and all that kind of thing. And if you if you're into straight Darwinism, eventually, once again, it's never enough for most people. You would think, huh? oh yeah, we just came out of some amoeba and, and electric currents and so on, and before you know it, you, see, you know all these little amoebas say, "Where are you going to be? I think I'll be a dinosaur to start with. How about you? You know, I'll, no, I'm going to be a whale or something." I mean, this is uh, this is this doesn't wash. It's a religion. It's a lot of faith to believe in it. You know, 
I'm not saying different things didn't exist before all of us. What I'm saying is the theory of why is generally the explanations of why that, that are made up by powerful groups, even today, same thing in different sciences. Eh? Not just in evolution. Evolution became the key that, that provided the ammunition for the dominant minority to do with the general population as they wished by saying that the, the general population were inferior types who didn't evolve properly. And under eugenics, and the Darwinian clubs galore that across the world still have them today, that, that they believed that anybody was through selective breeding uh, that became wealthy and important in higher classes had achieved it all by the 20th, actually the 19th, but definitely the early 20th century, and that the rest of them were just the junk left behind, like junk genes, you know. That's what they call it today, in a sense, eh? both in genetics, it's like junk genes. You're never going to get anywhere, it doesn't matter who you breed with, you see. That's what you've got today, you've got that, that strata there. But, but Aldous Huxley had his own crisis, naturally. He, had different, he was human too, he had problems and... And uh, I won't give you a whole talk on that, but the, he, and, and looking for answers, and he couldn't submit to anything, you see, bigger than himself. It's easily, put it that way, easily. And being of a scientific bent. And don't forget that, that he wrote Brave New World. I've mentioned last week, I think, about even movies that were putting the same thing across in kind of comedies uh, a few years before Brave New World came out, in fact. Eugenics was a big topic for many years before Aldous Huxley did Brave New World. It was all the rage, in fact, and they were training the public that you're either... If you're the lower classes, it's because you're junk genes. But you're, you, you can't, you can't. No matter who you, you breed with now, you, you can't get any higher than you already are. It was fixed in your genes, you see. And that was getting promoted. And that's why, of course, Adolf Hitler incorporated that into his teachings. And he thanked Britain and the U.S. because they, they, most of the, the information he used. He said it was all done through experimentation and writings from Britain and in the States. You know, the Rockefeller Foundation is an example, and Cold Springs Harbor, New York. You know. So don't blame Hitler for, for parroting what was being promoted in the West beforehand. And don't forget the West also was uh, sterilizing what they called the unfit before... Adolf got to power in Germany. It's the lies we have fed all the time and who to hate at any particular time so that you could scapegoat this one person for the ills of the West is astonishing. Hmm? And including some people who became victims of all of that themselves, who were promoting it initially. <laughs> so... Aldous Huxley had gone through that whole massive phase of what to talk about and write about. He was well aware because of the high-level meetings that he participated. He also knew, 
about the Tavistock Institute. He was a regular member of, for visiting the Tavistock, and he was fascinated by the attempts of manipulating human behavior through, as he said himself, um, putting wires into folks' parts of people's brains and stimulating parts of the brain. And um, he thought it was a fascinating thing to, to see folk being controlled electronically. The kind of stuff that Delgado, of course, eventually came out with. And they got videos up there somewhere they used to have on Delgado. Uh, it wasn't just bulls he was experimenting with remotely. Um, it was uh, obviously human beings who were doing that in Tavistock uh, way back when Aldous Huxley used to visit there. But Aldous Huxley himself eventually pushed drugs. Again, be, being of a a person who couldn't have much faith in something bigger than himself or the human intellect, he, pushed, he started using drugs, LSD. Many folk did, by the way, you know. And uh, it was even used as a treatment by some quack psychiatrists. They, they were giving it to Cary Grant as an example. He had about a hundred odd doses of this thing at one point to try to rectify it where they claimed it was a defect in his personality. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> and apart from using it on troops for experimentation too, but uh, Aldous Huxley used it and he came up with doors of perception. Because under LSD, you'll see all kinds of different things as different parts of the brain are stimulated. And that's where the whole 1960s thing came from, really, with LSD. Uh, the wonderfulness of everything. But without telling them, it was all artificially induced. And in a world, they can lose its glamour eh? rather quickly with financial depressions, poverty, illnesses, wars that they always give us. Then it's, a, it's, an, it's an easy escape, a little pill. Rather than go and study or go off and meditate or whatever it happens to be, or these people did in the past, you just take little pills and you get instant uh, karma, as they call it, eh? And they'd escape into different realms of reality, they thought. And they'd see all kinds of distorted figures and beings or giants and things or monsters but massive uh, distortion of the perceptions, which would stick with them because it didn't happen normally. Huh? So such things and, and so and, and, and tremendous hallucinogenic experiences of light and colors. Uh, they said they could never ever find those colors again in real life, you know, as your brain basically is all firing all over the place. So the, a lot of people got turned on, as they say, by that and dropped out, dropped out of society. And it was all done from the very top again. I guess you have the talks on how the drugs were distributed to the universities by the CIA in the States. And at MI5 doing it, different forces within MI5, throwing it over walls of universities by the bagfuls to get them started, eh? free. Yeah? And again, a massive propaganda campaign coupled with the culture industry, and the Beatles especially, to get youngsters turned on. And, oh, wow, the Beatles are doing it. Now they will follow the Beatles from clean-cut guys into long-bearded characters playing the sitar. Well, now we should all jump on the bandwagon and go full tilt into, into hallucinogenic drugs.
hallucinogenic drugs. Wow, isn't that wonderful? And we'll have all these experiences and and a lot of folk had bad trips and never recovered. Uh, some folk in their first attempt had bad trips and never recovered to get this drug-induced psychosis, they call it still today, you know. And then no idea that was all arranged. I, I've said this, I, I can't run out of time, so I've, I've said this and should always say it. As far back as Plato's writings, he tells you, nothing comes from the grassroots and takes off and becomes success unless it's created, number created and authorized by the elite that owns it all. <laughs> nothing. Because you've got, you go into this realm which the, the, the day, today the intelligence community, oh, it's known knowns and known unknowns and unknown unknowns, etc., etc. They go into all these different avenues. But they knew all that back in Plato's day. If you let one thing start, oh, it's innocent enough, where am I, where am I, it might topple something down the road and have a domino effect that you didn't anticipate. And so they knew that by experience in ancient, ancient uh, uh, Greece, I should say, and Rome too, eventually, that you couldn't allow it. So, so you had to nip it in the bud. And as they most things were started by the top and allowed by the top, right down to plays being shown to only elite members, like like censor departments in ancient Greece, before they were shown to the public. And and if there were some things to be added or detracted from it, they would um, they would do that, you see. It's the same thing happens today, only today the journey put more indoctrination in for change, planned change, than taking things out now. The, 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 the saving the public from bad habits and traits is gone. Right? In fact, bad habits and traits today now is the individual thinking for themselves. There's always a bad guy and a loner or something like that, you know. And that's how you're fed, uh, your indoctrinations. The people have no idea there's an ancient system. I mean, so Aldous Huxley, as I say, went to doors of perception and eventually he went into the Upanishads and then eventually he went into the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which actually, like the Egyptian one, is not Book of the Dead, it's really Book of Life, you know, and, and reality of how you get through into the, the, the eternal life. Eh? That's what it's supposed to be. And he died with that. He died with, with an, an LSD dose his wife gave him, or his, his own. And with that being read to him, she was reading that to him at the time. Which shows you different aspects of someone that obviously just basic, hardline, Humanistic facts weren't enough for him either. Yeah? There had to be something else. Or he wouldn't be having his send-off to the Tibetan Book of the Dead. That's just one example. Um, and it all points, again, back to the, what we're talking about. I think I'm talking about it. It's really the fact that what you're going through today and questions you can ask today have been asked for thousands of years. Yeah. And I, I, again, a lot of folk decide not to know things. It's a conscious decision. I've lost count of people who said, well, I, I prefer, and I had a, a, a really, you know, nice person tell me this. Uh, it was a bank manager and, and a manageress, and I just casually mentioned have you read about the um, 
Canada's involvement, like the World Bank and, and their memos and their big meetings and that every country had signed on to the, not bailouts for the next one, but bail-ins where they can literally, the way it's all worded, they can actually take your savings regardless of what you thought were insured levels, etc. And she never heard of it, you know. And I, I did the talks on it from the government sources and from the IMF and the World Bank. They put this, all this stuff out at the time. And I, I said I could bring some in for you if you did, if you're on interest sake, since you're a bank manager. You know? And she said, I prefer not to know. I choose not to know. It was too horrific, I thought of getting wiped out of your savings and other folk, to, we mean the collapse and I said it will be the collapse anyway because regardless of what you think you're insured up to in a bank as an example which the gentleman says 100,000 I think uh, per account if, if the, the crash came at the same time and that's all finished forget that, who's left it to pay off that kind of insurance? If it was all real, because eh? we know that money is a, f a farce. In fact, I'll touch on it tonight too, where they actually admit they're making out of nothing. <laughs> of course, before all that, there are conspiracy theories for just mentioning their own writings. Eh? But that's what the world is. Again, you've got the people who, like, again, like Paul said, creatures of instinct, they don't want to know. There are ones that are just fearful and don't want to know. It's definitely a, a choice for sure. And most, but I think creatures of instinct for most folk, they want to know all the things that they enjoy. They say, who played baseball back in whatever year it was, and what was whatever, and what was the score? Or, or, the, or the soap operas and dramas, and the, the lives of the rich and famous, etc. All that rubbish. And that's what it is, is rubbish. And that's what they choose to know. And as long as their masters are dishing out enough cash for them to have the little bits of fun, you know, and they can go off and, and buy little presents for themselves every so often to have fun, it's all about having fun, then they'll laugh at you for, saying, for telling them what's coming down the pike. But these same people remember this. When hell breaks loose, are the ones that will turn on you. For mentioning it in the first place, I, I had uh, on again the early shows someone who who, who voiced something that a lot of New Agers is vogue. They don't realize the New Age movement is controlled from the top as well. They don't know that. Suddenly, books came flooding the market, and all the bookstores suddenly had shelves of all New Age books, just like just like magic. This magic for you, boom! Suddenly, all there. With about a year, it was all there, replacing all other kinds of books and so on. Just boof. And they just took that for granted, like everything else was taken for granted. Yeah. But this person said to me, Don't you think that you can make things happen just by thinking about it? You know? And this, this is what was pushed on the public at the time, too. You know, don't be negative. You know, being aware of things is called negative, you see. Because that'll make it happen. It won't happen if you don't think about it. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, yeah. And it's a simple, simple childish way of expressing it was taught to the public. 
to make them think that nothing was real. And, and that's a good feat in itself, convincing the public that nothing is real. And understand that on different levels, certain things aren't real, mainly a propaganda. But but other things are definitely real. If you knock your, your head against the wall, you're going to have pain. You know? That's real. Or if you wake up with a chronic medical condition you've had for years, that's real too. It's not there because you thought about it, you see. You thought about it because it's there. And that's a different thing altogether. But, but some folk, they were getting trained into it. This is the same time they were going into the different um, dimensions. So it was a, a big promotion from the top down, sci-fi authors and all that. And, and so, yeah, there could be different dimensions because because more folk are thinking negative things about this particular area, and that's why it's happening, you see. Whereas the elite themselves would be quite happy if right now, and, and you actually see them using the techniques through psychological warfare to turn on the people who are, who are telling you the facts. They're enemies of the people, enemies of the state. That I mentioned that's what all tyrants do when they take over in a tyrannical move. They immediately brand people who won't go along as enemies of the state. And they get the rest who are falling into it to back them up and turn on you. That's been done again. Mm -hmm. That old technique, eh? And the folk have no idea. The, the, the unreal part is how many much do you really have come to believe in your reality that really was made for you? Really. You see, everything depends on you. And most folk just wait for somebody else to do everything for them. And they'll, they'll do what everybody else is doing. What have you done about that? Well, okay, I'll do that too then. Yeah. Then the government says, well, you know, 50% or 49% have accepted this mandate that we're putting across. And uh, and therefore they make it kind of voluntary. They always do it voluntary to start. Whatever it is, it's voluntary to start with. There's a certain percentage they claim will be hit. doesn't mean it's true that they hit that percentage. Then they'll say, well, it's, we're going to make it mandatory now. That's how it's always done. Driving licenses were the same, you know. It was all voluntary. Driving insurance is the same. All voluntary. And that's going to come down to vaccinations, eh? <laughs> That's how, it's That's how they'll start it, yeah. Or maybe not, because they're, really, they're, they're not putting a, a big, big, big fear psyop one. That this is going to be mandatory and no exceptions. No exceptions. And uh, that's meant to terrify everyone. It's intentional, it's to terrify you. It's total psychological warfare. The same military teams that the U.S. and Britain and their countries and, the, and their alliances in NATO have been using across the world and the Middle East for years in Asia as if it's come back to haunt you. I always said the Eat Machine would come back with its color revolutions and its internal color revolutions and its mandates. The military, too, are the ones who put out in different countries vaccinations with the same techniques, no exceptions. Terrified about it. They know how to handle They've done it all. It's all been practiced already for years and years in other countries. 
especially the countries where they were testing out vaccines. Look, look at the different ones around India and the places where they were using populations you know, for experimental vaccines. And look all look all up yourself and don't take my word for anything and you'll find that Bill Gates has many lawsuits against him for damage that was done for various vaccines, including a polio type that now created a wild virus to call it. It didn't exist before. Don't take my word, look it up yourself. But in other countries too, in Afghanistan and elsewhere, they were forcing vaccinations on people. And they got so bad at some places, even parts of Africa too, that uh, folk were actually eliminating the, the so-called health workers coming in to vaccinate them after seeing the effects it had on some of the population, especially ch children. Eh? Anyway, these are things which are, you're told that you're, it makes no difference what you think or you believe or what you can prove, it makes no difference, because you're all going to get it. Uh, even though in their own writings they admit that one in every so many will have severe reactions, and maybe even death, and that's acceptable to them. Well, it's not acceptable to the person who's going to get killed with it. You see? Terror is a great weapon. It's the most basic one of all of any tyrant, terror. Terrorize the public. Hmm? And the public never really catch on until it's too late. And they've been terrorized and accepted whatever it is to be. And then, well, in previous regimes, they've been eliminated. And the communist one was amazing how many people they eliminated in one generation. Eh? In the early years, they talk about 40-odd million people. But somehow communism, apparently, doesn't get the shtick that the Nazi party got for what they did. And that's always been a bit of a... Con point of confusion for some people. And Solzhenitsyn talked about it, others talked about it, and wrote about it using official guidelines and policies, statistics and so on. And also you had um, anything from 60 to 80 million eventually uh, up until its fall in the Soviet bloc countries. You would think that would get more Highlights, but we must never go back to that. Well, no. See, communism was experimental phase for this phase, folks. It's technocracy, a society to be run by experts. That's why it was introduced. That's why it was intensely studied. And now you go into the the the, the super improved form of collectivism dash communism dash equality you know we will all be equally poor in the level below the elite you know, and the and the elite's helpers you know They always say you can't stop progress. I've heard, again, mainly scientists tell me that. You can't stop progress. But they get confused, I think, or a bit arrogant in their statements, because who defines what progress is? Have you, any of you, been asked 
your opinion or giving a vote on what you decide you want or not for progress. It's all done for you. And the scientists often say, well, you know, we, if the invention's there, we've got to use it. Well, the, the atomic bomb's there, but are you making a habit of using it? You know? No. But terror is the technique being used now. Utter terror. On the whole world, remember, this isn't... When I came out in the 90s, I was the first person to tell you that the Americans, who had lots of radio stations at the time, they at least looked at what's happening inside America. I said, this isn't just the U.S., this is international. It's an international body deciding everything. Where the same things are implemented across the world at the same time. Step by step by step. By, by global organizations. Funded mainly by the taxpayers in the U.S., since it already exhausted the taxpayers in, in Britain through endless wars. The U.S. took over. I, I used to be amazed too. I mean, I said, where do you think, where, where's the World Bank situated? And then, oh, yeah. Where, where is the Federal Reserve? It's in the U.S. The Federal Reserve, by the way, has really become um, the, the disher of cash to the rest of the world's central banks. Where's the United Nations? It's in the U.S. And yet the U.S. has been looking outside its borders to fight enemies outside of it since the end of World War II. But everything that's bringing the world into this system is based in the U.S. So then you have to reevaluate what is the strange system you now have in the U.S. Because it's, it's nothing like the government that you had. And I see, even in World War I, although they'd already taken over in preparation for World War I, a system of, of the banking system based on the British system, with a central bank set up. You know, the creature from Jekyll Island idea. In preparation, because then they could, then they could private consortiums of banks can lend to the government on the condition that they can set up an internal revenue system, you see, and start taxing labor of the public to pay off the debt which the government borrowed from these bankers. That's what it's for. Before I forget here, I ask people to send me donations or buy books and discs at cutting3matrix.com. And how to do it, you'll find it at cutting3matrix.com website. List all my sites, my official sites are all on, on that site there. List them in case, because now that I'm telling you, one day you'll, you'll go on the comms, I won't be there. They're turning the military loose on the populace. That's the next part of the, the phases of the agendas is the lockdown. Uh, they said they go after people who spoke out and who were not authorized to speak out. So you got to be authorized by the mainstream. The, the, the people who were being ignored for the last 15 years because of the internet, all the mainstream characters, are all living. They've been, they were living on handouts by governments up until now, you see. 
Now they come back into their own since they're the only ones authorized to, to toe the party line. They're mouthpieces of the state, which will tolerate no other gods before it. In other words, no other opinions. That's tyranny, folks. So, yeah, make a list of the sites there. I have for rainy days to come, bad days to come. And hopefully if I go down, there'll be more sites I have to keep going, possibly if I'm allowed to even keep going. And you can support me by buying books and discs. I say you can use PayPal, you can send cash, personal checks. You can even use a bank order, which you can get cheap enough for for small amounts. If you ask them, you know. Uh, so there's, I need money ground too, I think it's still in use, so. That'll help me tick along here, because as I say, so, uh, you can't do anything else when you do what I do. And it literally takes a toll on you, because it really does. Unless you've got massive teams behind you, that's what I've said before. Be very careful uh, with a massive preparation for today. With all of the people who've been who've who've been set up in advance for all the COVID idea, because you see, you're giving your leaders. You're always giving your leaders, folks, always. And if I do get round to touching on um, warfare techniques tonight, then I'll touch on some of that too. You wouldn't you wouldn't believe what what your governments and the military have been doing for years and years and years in certain types of warfare across the world including literally flooding their own countries and training the talking heads for their countries. All flavors of them for different kinds of people. And you'll pick your leader. You, I like that person. You speak for me. You say the same thing. And then they, they lead you in the garden path and round in circles until you're totally inactivated, waiting for them to do all for you, whatever the changes. And things like that. And believe you me, as I've said before, you don't want to do what I do. Because it will. You can't have a normal life of any way, any kind at all. You can't just receive visitors either because you're you're burned out half the time. And you're still working as you're, as you're burned out. That's what happens, eh? And unless you're, you're a front and you've got teams of folk behind you churning out videos and, and articles galore, etc., etc., and if you've got all that, then I'm suspicious, you know, it's, it's a sign of something else funding it. And, and I'm not wrong by any suspicions most of the time. But believe you me, if you, if, you, if, if you are scouring the world every day for pertinent information, it can, it can be tied together to show a picture of something. It, it will, it's morning till night, morning till night, every day. You won't have time for entertaining people that pop in. You really don't. And my, my pla- the place I live is like a workshop. Everything's in like the one floor because that's all that's usable. Uh, and it's crammed, absolutely crammed. It's a complete workshop, you know, of, of all kinds. And, uh, and I'll tell you our thing too, before I just go off this little part. You wouldn't believe the train. The tra- I mentioned before the train since all has started are like every 20 minutes, day and night. And they're the heavy, they're like five mile long, some of them. And they're going, they're going past my place at a clip of, like, say, 30 to 40 miles an hour. Doubled up to two rows, these big container, you know, 
containers on them. Every one of them, miles and miles and miles, and they're they're hammering along, and it's got so bad. And that I'm telling, they're moving the food and and supplies in some bases. Obviously, it's going to survive for years. This is to last for years, and I really mean that. Just my by my own observations, I can see it. I really, really, this is a change. The, the whole way of living when when you come out of this, it's not really to end actually. Until you're in the new system, or whoever survives it goes into the new system. That's what it's meant to do. Because the, the supplies I can see flying by here, like never, I never had that. Even even in the good old days before the, the 2007 and 8 crash, nothing like this. I maybe get six a day, and nowhere near as long. This is day and night. So bad, my my house shakes. And the windows are actually, the, the framing are loosening off here. Their bits falling off the tops. I'm not kidding you, this has been happening this last little while. Mass, this, this tells me this is meant to last for years. And since it's meant to be the total destruction of what was the economy, in order to, for sustainability and depopulation, then it's meant to last for years. It really is. This is the big one where the rich men of the earth truly have declared war upon all the peoples of the planet. So, you send a, a few bucks my way and hopefully I can get through as, as long as I can get through for who knows when or whenever. And I'll take along because I'm in touch with so many folk across the world. Uh, and uh, it's been a long, long journey indeed of watching and, and observing and analyzing and being in touch with so many people as we go through all of this. And, and physically it takes us, really it burns you out, it takes years off, yeah, no doubt about it. So you don't want to be under that little fig tree or in that vineyard, believe you me, when you're given the push. It's not healthy in any generation. It doesn't mean you're a prophet either, it just means that whatever it is sparks you off, whatever it is. And you get no rest, you see. But I've no doubt at all you're in the battle of the world, eh? It used to be said, when people used to talk in, in religion, more openly about religion, without fear of dogma, Because in religion too, you have factions that want power and then total power until they, they'll exclude all talk or inquiry. Anything that stops inquiry is not from a, a, a god or a deity, unless it's an evil one. Yeah. People did ask all the, all the pertinent questions about living, you know. It's a natural thing to do. You can all agree on something, that there's something bigger than all of you within a religion. And you can also agree that there's definitely, looking around you, in your own world experience, there's an awful lot of evil here, too, little evil. And psychiatry, as I've said before, can always come down and say, well, you know, it's just psychopaths and sociopaths. 
as though that explains it all. It doesn't explain anything at all. It's a way of describing things. I've said before, like describing the signs and symptoms of someone that's perfectly possessed at times, you know, or partially, or by minor entities or beings, or major ones. And that's a puzzle for people as to what camp they fall into. People want to fall into camps, you see. But I've said before, inquiry shouldn't make enemies of your fellows. Just inquiring into things. And unfortunately, Protestantism did jump on the bandwagon early of science. Almost scientific. Let's be rational. It's scientific and... And, uh, of course, there also so many Freemasons that the old brother who died here yeah, were, were Protestant as well. I think some years ago I remember reading an article where it said a good portion of, of preachers in the Baptist Church Organization states were Freemasons, one of the, the, the largest number, actually. So their pastors were Freemasons, too. And Freemasons, under all the different guises of just, a, it's a happy little club for of guys, and they may be happy and all that, but the fact is, too, it's an international brotherhood, but part of international with international goals, you know, preaching things like the brotherhood of man. This, these are all flavors and shades of international communism. And then you went to Albert Pike's books and articles. They changed it to Bridge of Light eventually, or Bridge to Light. For modern Freemasonry, for, and because it literally is too intellectually said, Pike's book, Morals and Dogma, the people today can't follow it. They want short, simple sentences and things, you know, not deep concepts of philosophies and religions and so they give them a, a bridge to light instead. Eh? But regardless, they were set up to be an international force of revolutionaries. And you can be a revolutionary on a minor scale too within your own society. Look around you today. And on a higher scale, at a national level, when you bring a country into revolution, same kind of thing too. And so anyway, you're, you're, you're living through an amazing system that most folk don't even understand as they live through it. All they do is react to, to events and circumstances of the time you're living through. And that, that's the general bulk of the population, just reacting. The path of least resistance is what they always choose. They don't even know they're being coerced into making these little decisions. It's all done so slickly, you see, they just adapt and adapt and adapt. Again, it's this theory of, again, adapt or die, the Darwinian theory, you see. So they adapt and they, well, I should not have done that, but I had no choice, really. It was just much easier to go this way. And, you know, they're living in a system that they don't even understand. They don't even know, understand what the nation state is. They really don't. 
If you live in your, your little bubble, in your little area, you think the whole nation state is the same as you. And it seems where you are. And they'll have the same ideas and opinions and likes and dislikes. Nothing, there's nothing further from the truth. Everything is micromanaged by experts, depending on where you, where you live. All the experiments were done already across continents, especially the States. We'll make this little block here um, conservative. We'll make this little block here liberal. And you know, and you study them and experiment on them. And that's how it's done. But most folk literally will take the path of least resistance. And they'll keep doing that until they're in the slaughterhouse, you know. That's where that journey leads. We're getting the same. I, I always think of the term that was used for, 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 for German Nazi work camps, which they copied from the communist ones. Because you'll see all communist ones with the same slogan in the translation. And the gulags, you know, that work makes free. So you just, if you just keep working and do what you're told and behave now, you, you, eventually you might get free. You're seeing the same techniques with the lockdowns with COVID from the start of this whole thing. Oh, we'll just have a, a, a little lockdown in, in the spring that, that might save us. In the summer. You may be able to get a, a week or two in the summer for yourselves, maybe. Can't guarantee it, maybe. And then it comes back in, and, but Fauci told you, you know, this, this, is, this is the psychological warfare of work makes free. Do what you're told, to behave, and we'll see. Eh? And Fauci said at the beginning of this thing, back in the spring, after he said it wouldn't be, affect America at all, eventually he said, he said, it's never going to, life will never go back to the same again with a lockdown. Never. But part of never, don't you get here? For, you've got tyrants talking to you. They're really, they've all closed ranks. They're all, they're all sworn allegiance to each other and to the agenda. That's what I said, the resolute, that term resolute. To the bitter end, they're going to stick, to, stick by all the guff and the lies that fly against all the, the evidence that is self-evident to most folk, if they want to look at it. And that means that whatever they've chosen, this path that they've chosen, regardless of the hell it will bring down and the death or destruction of the economies and all the rest of it, they're going to stick by it because it's a bigger agenda than anything to do with COVID. It's the whole sustainability. Pro There's no doubt about it. You have to read Agenda 21. You have to read sustainability projects. And what they mean by sustainability? Hmm? What do they mean by it? Years ago, I, I came up with the quotes that different leaders of the non-governmental organizations, which are part, by the way, of unconventional warfare, that's what their, their purpose is. Uh, and the leaders talked about uh, the global warming and uh, sustainability and oh, the threat to the planet and all that. And... And they came out with, with all their scary stories. And these are from their parts of their speeches to their own crews, you know. And where they said that, you know, we, we have to give people scary scenarios to, to get them motivated into doing what we want them to do. Scare them, f frighten them. 
right? And the quote after quote after quote, I might touch and send them later, I might not. Because I did so much of that years ago, as we were fighting all this. And now you get the same thing again with the, with the group, the subgroup that comes out of the Sage Group in Britain, where they tell the media to, to basically um, exaggerate the scary stories to, to create more anxiety in the people to get them to comply. It's the same stuff that's going on, terrify the public, eh? Terrify the public. And then you get, you know, H.L. Mencken, he, he was a columnist, a columnist, not a communist, but a columnist, that uh, came out with these little, little ditties, you know. He was well known for it, but he says, the whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to, to be led to safety by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins, all of them imaginary, and the urge to save humanity is, always, is almost always only a false face for the urge to rule it. I'll say that again with a hard thinking. Eh? The urge to save humanity is almost always only a false face for the urge to rule it. And that's never changed. Terror and fear. But oh, we have, come here as we'll save you. Hmm? And you understand that tyrants, when they've closed ranks and swore an oath to each other and to this agenda for the greater good, using, using what they call the noble lie. Because they never admit they're awful evil people, you see. They're, they're, they're just giving you a noble lie to get to conform, to, to, to lower the population, and you know. So they never come out and say, yeah, we're really evil. No, no, no. Psychopaths always rationalize to themselves why they're doing something in order to rationalize it to the public. And that's where you are today with it all. So you're living through an agenda, a massive agenda. Last year... Yet, leading up into and into last year, you had, oh, we're, it's coming to the end. There's no time is left to, to save humanity. We must act now for sustainability. All the biggies, the World Economic Forums and crisis. And you know, even had Soros came out and gave a speech at WF. I might put that one up again, too. It's worth watching. But, but this guy has never been voted in anything by any public anywhere has such, so much power across the world. Because he's a part of the, the world intelligence, the real intelligence agency that runs the world. Of course he is. Otherwise, nations would have to stop him doing meddling in their affairs. <laughs> but they don't, which tells you all you need to know. We talked to the WF too, and uh, they, they all complained about the fact that, that Trump had pulled them out temporarily, at least from the climate accord, you see, where the whole sustainability agenda, right down to pre-industrial levels, not just of, of CO2, but levels of existence. You see, that's what they mean by it. We start reducing the population. It also meant, uh, I gave the talks years ago that was coming, about 2007, 2008 or so, really in 2006, of the coming rationing of power and energy. Because energy makes you healthy. 
and, and it, with, it isn't just to give you electricity to have machines to make things and produce things. It's that too, of course. That's going to go out the window because it's already mainly in China now anyway. But it also gives you your heating and so on in a lot of countries. Uh. So you end up uh, freezing to death in your own homes in the winter like they do in Britain now. They're such good. The British people are awfully good at doing that, you know. I think it was Thomas Moore in Britain, Thomas Moore, that, that said that on his writings. But he talked about utopia too on his books, you know. But he, he did mention that the British people probably would never rebel. They were very obedient. We've all been so studied even even so long ago, haven't we? Huh? And it's, it's an art today, believe me, it's an, they actually teach at universities how to manipulate populations using anthropologists in their studies too to go over the, the, the weaknesses in the systems of peoples and how to manipulate them. Tragic, really. We never had peace, you know. We just don't get peace. They don't allow you to have peace. Because, again, if you get peace, you might start to think, well, you don't want to budge from being fairly content. No matter what level of society you're at, you might be fairly content, you know. And, and you don't want to budge. So in the way, cut back, or you can't get that, or you've got to cut off your money, or lower your money, or make it worthless. You might get ticked off, you see. So the idea is to keep you always in suspense and in fear and in rapid change. In rapid change, they can increase rapid change as you adapt to rapid change. It's a trick, you see. But if the cow is in the field, he's been there for a few months, and he's enjoying himself, it's a nice sunny day. He doesn't want to move, you know. Well, that's how they, that's an analogy for the humans, of course. That's how we're managed. Such vast quantities of your tax money go to professionals who manipulate you. Teams and teams of them. And they've got all the different foundations with their huge think tanks of professionals and staff. Those, each think tank can have thousands, like, like a civil service bureaucracy working for them. Different aspects of, of managing all of us. But the person at the bottom, you think, you think you go your, you know, if when you had work to go to, you leave your home and go to work and, and come back and have a few beers and sit and watch TV and just watch silly and inane nonsense, very immature nonsense generally, which is what you wanted after a rotten day. <laughs> you don't want anything that serious. You know? Just silly and stupid and hopefully not packed with PC updates, you know. And that's what folk would do, but they thought that was reality, you see. And it didn't dawn on them that, that they were being trained to do that and encouraged to do that, which kept them out of participating in anything else that was going on. And so the, you see, the Protestant churches adapted um, the idea that science was supreme, step by step, until they became, for most of them anyway, and again, they don't have that uh, central command. 
generalization of command, I should say, from the Catholic Church, as even though that's getting hammered too. And, and yet they'd already fragmented off into literally hundreds and hundreds of splinter groups in, in Protestantism, which is, a, and again, it's a fantastic study to go look into it. Um, and, and the studies have been done on them by behaviorists and sociologists and so on. Quite fascinating to see. It's the same pattern you'll find in Protestantism over and over, where fractions at the bottom generally are, are, all emerge within in the group. Uh, who are dissatisfied at the way of the world affecting their group and seeing that their own leaders and congregation are falling into the trap of of being more liberal with their interpretation of what it meant. And so they'd go off and make their, create their own, their own group, you see, a variation of the first one or the previous one. And, uh, and they go the same way until their children would start to say, wait a minute, you're... Uh, our parents are getting more worldly here and uh, doing the things they're not supposed to be doing the way the ways of the world and the nail splinter off and that's how it happens. It happens in all groups, including Mennonites too. You know, well, they're all been studied by our masters, all of them. Tremendous in-depth studies of it. How it's done? Because what you study about one group, you can use on, on society in general, in fact, the different techniques to control them or manipulate them or, or, or even force splinters to, get to occur if you want to fragment society, divide and conquer. So again, Protestantism had, has that weak link in it. And in the States, Protestantism turned a lot of people off because of the the wealth, it was mainly middle class. Thing. Eventually, you know, um, it, 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 it kind of became more materialistic. In fact, it, it copied more of the Old Testament more until it was becoming more and more materialistic, in a sense. And this battle between Christianity and and the Old Testament to do with wealth has never been uh, could, can really ever be. Reconciled, I think, excessive wealth can't be. I think, you know, it doesn't mean that people who become wealthy become nasty or evil, but a lot of people do. They forget what they're there for, and comfort takes over, and they can't relate eventually, in fact, uh, to people who are not from the same class eventually. That's a fact. I mean, you, you'll see that. Um, that's what that's helped fragment it in Britain, too much quicker, in fact, when religion became a, a tool of the state long ago, as it generally does, you know. The Church of England is a good example. Don't forget the Church of England was born out of revolution against the Catholic Church, although it kept all the, 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 the rights and so on of the Catholic Church. But they made the monarch of England the head of the Church as, as opposed to the Pope. So naturally, for centuries afterwards, a lot of the writing and the praises in the Psalms were dedicated to praising the, the, the king and protecting the king or queen or whatever, etc. So it became a tool of the state, too. And that's why it really, it really perished to an extent. So many folk have fallen away from the, the Anglican church, the English church, and joined the Catholic church again, hoping that we'd get some traditional values taught, taught because the, the, the Anglican Church went the way of the world. 
but the Protestant groups in the States are something to behold because I'm talking about the TV type evangelists that used to come on and they'd do their big Hollywood type extravaganzas with literally Hollywood light shows and everything and sunsets, all these professionals to put on a great extravaganza of entertainment in a sense. And they go up there and cure the buddy with just touching them on the forehead. And then pass around five-gallon bins to put all the money in around these massive audiences. And they couldn't fail because you had a generation that was, that was trained or brought up with this kind of thing, think it was all real. And they did some very good exposés of uh, Benny Hinn as an example. And his shows, it's, it's, it's worth watching how uh, the, the professional performances are put on with professional lighting, stage production, and the audio that would fit, it would suit ACDC, it was fantastic audio. And, um, and how it's all produced, you know. And the money that's raked in is just, but then they did a follow up from I think that one uh, with Benny Hinn and they went to talk to people before the, the, the show then afterwards over the next few weeks to see if anybody had and, and the folk, some of the folk had mortgaged their homes to give as a gift in order to have their son healed and things like that just horrible things were happening just, just travesty, travesty, travesty and a mockery of something that's supposed to be so pure you know Horrible. And, and there's a lot more of that in the States too, these massive TV ones that also don't work for the people inside the country. You know, and get paid not to. <laughs> anyway, there's many stories to tell all this, but the thing is, religion, at one time, at least people could talk about too. And the Catholic Church as well, they, did, they were allowed to talk about things to do with the, that of the Spirit without being soppy about it. Because that's what turned Protestants off. Don't talk like that, it's not scientific. But, but the Catholic Church um, didn't discourage people who would talk about their experiences of... Uh, sensations of other another world that's around them that, that perhaps interacts with us and through people too. Catholic Church too didn't disapprove of having a visit by a, a real ghost. Yeah. Because they said in by tradition, if something came to you, it was for a purpose and you would know why it came to you. That so that was okay, that type of ghost, you see as opposed to demonic entities and beings like that. And you find the same thing in Zoroastrianism, where they have a, a different idea. Again, the good, the bad, everything is dualistic. And where they, from again, even earlier traditions than Islam, had uh, incorporated into the idea of these demonic kind of characters that could take human form. So again, you, you, you might see even possession, and they, they could never, never be dismissed, you see. 
And they'll give examples in history too, as we used to do, of tyrants that crop up. They could lead nations and continents to wars and things, you know. And also those who bind the scenes can help promote it from outside those nations for other purposes too. What does run it all? You know? What kind of people, real live human beings, as you would call them human beings, could sit back and plan agendas that would get worlds fighting each other? Millions of people slaughtered in the fight. Profit off it. And even write the history books to say and give to give different reasons why it all happened. I mean, that's how, this. This is how it's done, you know. This is how it's done. In the states, they used to be a bit more open about it. They call them the war hawks. They'd be fronting for big international corporations, eh? the military-industrial complex, who would plan wars. They would plan the companies and corporations that would that would make fortunes off these wars. In the Vietnam era, I can remember when officers in the U.S. military were given options to invest in the companies that were selling the napalm and different things in Agent Orange in, in Vietnam. It was going to be good for everybody. You know, look on the bright side, you can benefit. And you, you got to really stop and say, wait a minute here, you know, what are we? What are, are we? What are we? we? Let's redefine humans here. What are we? Because all these decisions are made before the war starts, even before there's a, a rumor of having one to the general public. Most of it's planned out. Tony Blair, the one-man tune band to get Britain into the war in uh, Iraq, eh? in Afghanistan, so on, Iraq. And a couple of these cronies beside him, of course, the part of this cabal, the, 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 neo, the neo-labs of Britain, yeah? as opposed to the neocons in the States at the time. And... Uh, and it came out a few years afterwards. I'd already said it. I knew it happened, but sure enough, someone printed in the papers and, and confirmed that, that Tony Blair and a few his cronies had invited in the, the heads of all the oil companies that, that Britain had shares in. And they, they divided up before the war started in Iraq, they, before they even declared war, you know, or if they ever did. <laughs> and uh, and they, they divided up the the oil fields, who's going to get shares and what, and how much for you, and much for me, and all that kind of stuff. Quite coolly, matter-of-factly. It's astonishing that we... And again, afterwards, we put up with the pride thing, the strange pride thing, the same thing that Rome did, you know. Rome used to be a puzzle to you see it happening in your own lifetime, where ancient Rome had a tradition during its, its ascendancy of being the military power, conquest. And it took resources in countries and even introduced taxation into countries that, so they could take money away and resources away back into Rome. Nothing's changed. And they would give medals and honours to the military and the people in Rome would feel proud of them. And it's the same as happens today. And until you stop and say, wait a minute here. Why are... 
these countries were, were not Stone Age countries before we, we bombed them into the Stone Age. Who's benefiting here? And why are we part of it? How do you find just bad people? I mean, personally, how do you all define them? Well, they're just bad people. I'd say it's a bit more than just bad people who have no consciences whatsoever. Mm -mm -mm. And whatever they do, they'll rationalize, no, not, no matter how absurd it seems. That's why it ties in completely with the COVID exercise. We are told not to think for yourselves, according to Cord, Fauci and others. Leave it to the experts. Don't think for yourselves. Just obey. You're seeing the same psychopaths at work here, folks. Because normal folk wouldn't say that and expect to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Leave all the experts. Just obey. Fauci said that recently in a little talk he was on. When he was asked, don't you think it's getting a bit kind of more authoritarian and so on? He says, well, you know, he says, he says that the Europeans and America and the States, he says, they have a tradition of, of uh, rights and, and freedoms, he says. But he says, he says that can be delay progress in dealing with this problem. He says, right now is a time just to stay at home and do what you're told. That's what he said, eh, alive. Do what you're told. You're listening to a psychopath here, folks. That's a psychopath, Tom. As a psychopath, <laughs> do as you're told. That same voice will tell you the next thing to do as you're told, and he won't like that either. And he'll say it, and he will say it. And other cronies like him, and the gates and all the rest of them. I'll put the link up to that one. I'll put it here somewhere. So yeah, you're, you're definitely in a spiritual battle. And in the world, the more people are living in a world that's atheistic and, and trained to be followers, trained to be passive, trained to do as they're told, then a bigger, so there's always a bigger hell than the previous hell in history comes along. That's what happens. Bigger hell. The more scientific it becomes, the more hell you'll get. The more you toss out the one safeguard you had, which was basically, no matter how much you've trained to hate it, and all the things that involve in it, and all the, all the uh, <laughs> evils being done sexually to children in the, in the 20th century, into this century, which exacerbated, no doubt about it. But it regards, but don't don't blame the whole society for that. Because they drew these priests out of society that was already being contaminated by a war on them which they didn't even know themselves. So this, this, this safeguard that you used to have that would step in and say, no, the church demands that you back off and you don't do this, that's pretty well gone now. It was already weakening for World War Two. It was kicked out the picture almost uh, with the Bolshevik Revolution where they put in their own uh, priests, basically, into the, the Orthodox Church in, in Russia, who, who had to swear oaths to, to turn people in <laughs> for confessions and things, eh? Turn them in. 
but it would stand up down through history for the people. But it came to evil done by rulers. That's pretty well gone now. So now it's down to the core, isn't it? It's down to you. And what you stand up for, what's right and what's wrong. And the more of the wrong that you've swallowed is, and you've accepted is, oh well, you know, oh well, oh well, the less safeguard you have of wrong being done to you. Oh well, oh well. <laughs> that used to have a thing called righteous indignation. Or even passive people within the churches would stand up and take the consequences when something was overtly evil. You know? And you'd have righteous indignation. We've been so bombarded and manipulated and managed and brainwashed that most folk can't even feel it today. They just react to fear and do what they're told. But they're not indignant. And they hope that, oh, just another reset, or just a, just another, let, let, let's reset the, the, the electric trips, you know, the fuses. <laughs> and lock you down for a moment. Now this is to go on forever, or no forever. Until the old system is completely gone. Of deciding what you're going to do in life, what you're going to work at. Will you get married? Will you have children? All that, all these... This is to be all managed by professionals from now on, folks. That's what it's about. The whole of the 100 years of the agenda for the 21st century is to be crammed into this century, not just 2015 and 2030. It's every 15-year part, the whole 100 years to be ran through until they get what they want at the end of this century which is a, you'll never recognize it if you're even alive. Right down to permits to have children, sterilization, mandatory. All these things are discussed, folks. I, I did the talk years ago on it, from their own writings. It came out of last year's climate summit, too, that they're going to go further and harder now. That's what they said. Maybe maybe even have to introduce more drastic uh, agenda and a part of the agenda to do with breeding. I mean, they're meaning licensing and abort mandatory abortion. That's what they meant. This is from their own writings, eh? So with COVID and the Great Reset, this is all being done. You're in it. This is it. The last few years. They kept saying, we're running out of time, we're running out of time. They all said it in unison, same slogans over and over from all the different NGOs to do with climate change, sustainability. Prince Charles, that fool he is. And his dad as well. The eugenicist, Prince Philip. Useless eaters, eh? Culling the herd, yeah. as Prince Philip used to call it. I've mentioned before, uh, that John Pilger, I think, interviewed Lenny Riefenstahl, who was the photographer and the producer and director for the Nazi propaganda, massive propaganda movie that was made, or, or documentary-type movie. 
using very advanced uh, cinematography techniques at the time. But she was asked by Pilger, how did the middle classes, she was from a wealthy family, how did it happen that this socialism took over, this national socialism? And it's a very simplistic omission of a lot of other things that caused it, obviously. Part of the reason being, of course, they're trying to fight communism at the time, which was taken over. Uh, they're trying to take over Germany with communism. It had been from 1917. But they didn't go into that, of course. But even still says, well, how do, how do we get We kind of floated into it. What she's going on about is that you go into uh, little by little, it's almost like it's, it doesn't concern you. It's like, it's like something outside of you. It doesn't really concern you. And, or you don't take it seriously. And, to, and then bingo, you're in it. It's there. And you take that with all the planned color revolution riots in the States. That's what they were. This is standard stuff, color revolutions. And you get different ones. I mean, you think, well, there's different ones. There's BLM and there's an Antifa group and maybe other ones. No, this is all planned and, and financed by the same forces that have been going around the world with your tax money and agencies' monies and the CIA doing it to other countries for the last 40, 50 years. That's what you get. That's what they do. And they do go into neighborhoods and they start yelling. Whatever factions they've created start yelling at you to terrify you, etc. And to shatter your... Your, your perception of reality is intentional. And then you get the mayors that are put in, and, and also the, the attorney generals in some of them, some of the U.S. states, who are, have been financed in by, again, people in the CIA, as you well know, and who they are, and funded by it. And who tell everybody to stand down that it will happen? That's, a, that's the terror campaign upon the American people. And nothing at the top has stopped it, or attempted to stop it. And the leaders of these groups are all well-paid, well-financed, and well-trained. But the followers are out for the looting, and they get picked up after it's all over, one by one. They know who they all are, all of them. The ones who really believe it is a cause, they're picked up. But the leaders are all like trained mercenaries, you know. But that's exactly what the U.S. has used in Afghanistan, in Iraq. They've tried it in Iran, you know, color revolutions. They did it in Czechoslovakia, remember it was in Czechoslovakia, and Ukraine. Remember they had, also had the, the, the orange revolution, the journey assigned a color to it, you see. All the same techniques, same financing, same sources to terrify a domestic population in unconventional warfare, psyops. And you couldn't have a COVID outbreak, lockdowns like martial law, and these riots and demonstrations, they want to call them, all going at the same time, the same year, doesn't it? With financial collapses and rationing. Doesn't happen, folks. It's all planned that way. Again, if it wasn't allowed and planned, it wouldn't be allowed to even start. <laughs> Plato again, eh? So when it comes to religion, yeah, there's still people who really believe and have a faith, you see.
who are decent people, who, who aren't in, in, a, in, a, in a group just because it's a, it's a social club, basically. We actually believe in it, and that's important too. And it's important to realize that you don't have to even be in a club or a group to have the religion either. It might be the only thing you have at the end that, 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 that the state will try and destroy this within you, you know. And that shouldn't surprise you if you're really following your religion, like Christianity, for instance, where you're following someone who is persecuted to the end, isn't you? I mean, that's what you're doing. But what's so fascinating for those who want to just poo-poo the whole idea of external influences in society, apart from just TV, radio, and propaganda, but in the realms of spirit, you might say, is that you can't, you can't just put off forever the fact that you're witnessing incredible evil, planned evil, that's the private planned evil, coordinated evil, being put across on everyone at the same time, everywhere in the world, but it's from the same sources repeating the same things exactly, knowing what it's going to do, which is supposedly to save the planet, which is too many people, because you're to blame for existing, you understand. That's the whole idea behind sustainability. If there's fewer people, they say, that climate change, then there'll be less consumption of goods, there'll be less CO2, less, 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 Wastage, yada yada, of resources. The Club of Rome, the, the enemy then is the people. We'll blame them for global warming and this, that, and the other. You know, hasn't changed. The war is on you, and when you get into real austerity and rationing, what gets me is the food is going to these big underground bases. We have them all over the place, you know. And I'm not speculating on. I know it. <laughs> from people who've worked on some of them, eh? even building them. And years ago they did some in, in England, some documentaries of them that were... And of course there's one that, one's under the, the Denver airport too, as well. No, But in London they had ones that were like small cities. For the wealthy elite, the very elite, you know, the important folk, yeah, and their families, to live out comfortably even a century or two, some of them. When I see the foodstuffs and this means for the bits to be gone all year, it's not going to stores that are hiring any customers anymore. This is supplies for years and years and years of plenty for those who will be living in these, these facilities in continuity of government. That's what it is. It reminds me right back to 1984, George Orwell, where Julia. The, the girl he meets and so on manages to sneak some real food into him. That that was a great. He never had any but real food in his life. Everything he got was synthetic. This and synthetic cheese and synthetic, you know, meat and synthetic. And uh, she, real coffee they got to, and she's my God, it's real coffee, it's real this and real. She says there's nothing in those you know the bar stewards don't have, she said. That's always the way of it, isn't it? 
it's like the Politburo and the, and the elite staff and of the Soviet Union were all well fed on the best of everything. When the folk had to queue up sometimes in the nation for basic goods for hours and hours and hours for rationing. Never changes, does it? Evil always has the same signs and symptoms. But it's always a liar. Always. And I really think when you have a system where they've been preaching at you for years and years that you're the problem, you're the problem, you're the... They've, they've taken more time building this up than they did for, for, to create a Bolshevik revolution or a Nazi party, for instance. They've taken more and more years to do all this, to get you ready for it, prepare you to be the lambs to the slaughter. And, and even train the, the, the really young folk, that really train them the, the, to be a revolutionary force to help carry it out if need be. They never start a premature revolution before they, they make sure everything's in place, everybody's trained and brainwashed. <laughs> now this isn't just a somber little prattling talk here. It's the facts. I'm, I'm telling the facts. This is what's going on. And this is not meant to just pass over. This is meant to be a world war type change. A bigger plan change than the last war. World war. I think therefore you should always realize the many levels of this reality. From basic conology, which is the science of conning people. The experts use. Now they drag in sciences and pseudosciences behind them. Any science, as long as you appoint the proper leadership over the sciences, can become propagandists, which they have become. And science loses credibility as soon as it's used for political purposes, you see. And can't be trusted at all when it's used for political purposes. And you can quite so easily turn it from racial hygiene purposes into overpopulation purposes, eh? and they start to reduce the population. You're hearing the same things coming from the mouth of people like Bill Gates, who's up there still, talking about his vaccines, going to make folk healthier, and, and at the same time it will reduce population. Well, how do you reconcile that? Hmm? From a man whose dad was also up there in Planned Parenthood promoting population reduction. You, you understand? There's nothing really hidden here as you go through evil times. That this, is the, this is maybe a little bit different from previous world wars or war on the worlds. <laughs> because there's nothing really hidden. The quotes are out there. by the people who made the quotes, you know, of what they want to do and what they are doing. They also have, again, panels of it. They've got complete, complete dominance, full-spectrum dominance over all media and all social media. 
to make sure they all parrot the same slogans and the same buzzwords and so on at the same time. And, and they all denounce anybody who's not authorized to say things. So even though all the information is out there and all the books are out there and the quotes by the people involved on depopulation, why they must do it and so on, countless, countless, I mean, there's vast volumes of information, really, by the eugenicists and those sustainability groups, etc., and greeny groups, all paid and funded by foundations and the taxpayer. It's all your fault, and you've got to be brought down, your whole population. The size of you has to be brought down. And the days of uh, consumerism is over. I said that years ago. Eventually, at first it's it's post-industrial, and then eventually you're in a a consumer um, free market economy, which is not free market, it's a free trade economy, which is a service economy. And then eventually they'll bring you into a post-consumer system by cutting off the trade and the items and the goods. And they can only do that again through a wartime scenario. Well, bingo, here you got it. And they call it COVID, you see. The Great Reset, and they're all out there, all the, all the usual suspects that have spent their whole careers in politics, these characters, the strange-looking, some of them too, you know, strange-looking characters, some of them. They have the strange features in some of them, really weird. You can't really play something in any group. And they're telling you what they're going to do and what they are doing to you, you know, openly. But if you say it, then you're hammered by the authorities which they own to get the same media to attack you for saying what they said. <laughs> this is amazing. This has never been done before, you know. The old type of propaganda, and you'd have the counterintelligence and counterpropaganda, and they try to excuse us. You know, we didn't really do that. No, they don't even bother with that. They just, say, they just tell people that the, the, per, the person who's quoting us saying it is a liar. <laughs> That's all they have to say. That they're not giving you true information. Isn't that amazing? Amazing times, where the truth, as they used to say, would be, was be shouted from the rooftops. Everything that was hidden would be shouted, and it is. But folk don't recognise what's going on yeah? because the techniques have been used against them. You may be shouting that, but for goodness' sake, and it may all be true, but but you're not allowed to say that. You're 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 obviously disinformation, and, and our, our agencies have said that that's not true. That's false news. Even if we said it first. <laughs> Mason times, eh? A time when literally everything would be so fast, he said. And here it is, it's all fast. And, and people would be coming to and fro. And, you know, you get a, a fast pace of life, eh? And they'd always be learning but never knowing. Well, look at the folk today, they learn all this rubbish, nonsense, and piles of data. But they never really know what's going on. They really don't, do they? I mean, it's an amazing time to be alive and what it is happening. But you are witnessing utter tyranny and folk don't recognize it. A tyranny that's used incredible lies and made incredible statements like Gates and Fauci and others. Eh? And even more statements come from the military now saying they should arrest folk and lock them up. For saying, putting out disinformation about COVID. And who's deciding what's true and what's not? Now you've got apertures of truth now, eh? Who are completely politicized. 
and appointed. Do you know the un- unconventional warfare that you've been using across and all the world uh, and their different countries that you've been attacking for years? This is, again, part of full-spectrum dominance, too. But you, you, you flood it with your own doctors and translators in our countries, too. And you use them in their own countries. You, you do all this kind of stuff in their countries that you've invaded. The CIA has thousands of people on its staff and thousands more as assets, like part-timers, eh? who are used occasionally, you pull, you pull them up when you want them. And whatever kind of scientists you want, they'll supply them by the thousands for you. They've done it. Why do you think when you have just as well-qualified virologists and epidemiologists as, as, as the Fauci-type, uh, Birch-type combo, but you, you all these other ones who are saying complete opposite things from Fauci and, and Brooks, that they're, they're shut down as well from, from because by the same media, there's just a mouthpiece. The media's now a mouthpiece of propaganda. Always has been, really, but blatantly so now. When they're told, oh, shut them down. Don't, don't just deny that they're telling the truth. How would the media know you're telling the truth? Who tells the media? You're in a war. And it's a complete and tolerant war, full-spectrum dominance of information. So first thing you do in battlefields, scenarios, and conventional and unconventional, you must dominate the narrative. Even in your own country, if you're going outside the country, you must give as much propaganda to your own people to keep them on board with you. And an unconventional war is also war for dominance to have have the confidence backing you off the people. And you wean confidence away from other competitors. That's part of it too. It's all been applied since the beginning of this whole COVID thing. You can see the preparations for it when they admit it in the exercises like 201. You know, and you can go back to the dark winter exercises too. And other exercises, some some more will put up tonight, the other exercises from Johns Hopkins University group that seems to be uh, the prime one for (laughs) doing all these different exercises. eh? But they go through it all and how eventually they'd they'd have to have total spectrum dominance over the information and the narrative. And they'd have to basically smear, using every technique possible, to stop people from giving you any contrary information. Doesn't matter. Doesn't make. Doesn't say it, even if it's true. No, they don't care. You see, they've, they've got their agenda, their war agenda here, and nothing must interfere. Truth, truth mustn't come anywhere near it, because it's to get an mission accomplished. That's what warfare is about. Nothing to do with the truth. It's about winning. Whatever it is you set out to win, and do. So here we are with it all, and um, it's not going to be pleasant. And once again, as they terrify the public by these leaks, it's not, they're not leaked, they're dished out to the press, announcements from the military now, getting you ready, and they get be very afraid to do what you're told, you see. And uh, 
you got to realize that, that uh, you, you, you're not supposed to be putting up with this kind of nonsense from your own militaries or anybody else's military for that matter. Do you understand that? So having said that too, I mean, here's a little, uh, little paragraph from the U.S. Code of Federal Regulations. And they talk about terror and force, right? It says, the unlawful use of force or threat of force against persons or property to intimidate or coerce a government or civilian population or any segment thereof in furtherance of political, economic, or social objectives. That's that's one of the definitions of terrorism, folk. I'll say it again, eh? The unlawful use of force or threat of force against persons or property to intimidate or coerce a government or civilian population or any segment thereof in furtherance of political, economic, or social objectives. Well, the whole of the Agenda 21, the Great Reset, the all rest of it, that, that this, this covers it all. That's what it's about. Eh? It's a war of terror on the public, the civilian population. And look at the lengths they've gone. Do you understand they took years to prepare all this? Years of doing the different exercises for the bio-warfare to come, you know. And, and, and dummy exercises over and over and over again. You know? And how to silence, right down to how to silence people talking about, even if they come out with the facts, how to silence them. And how they already had all the media platforms on board with them before, before COVID broke out. That was, that was an event 201 exercise. And it's a lot worse now, isn't it? Quite amazing, isn't it? And of course we bring the military in eventually, not just for the, the jab. It's, it's just astonishing. Uh, I stand back from politics. And I think the only thing that people got in the States with Trump in was a stalling of her time before the real um, main force came back in, this authorized by the supposed deep state CIA international government group, you know. I gave you about four years of her, of her reprieve. But again, people expected one man to change everything for them, and it wasn't going to happen. And things that people that they should have done for the people weren't done either, you know. It's amazing that once the COVID outbreak came out, you have, you have this again this dualistic thing coming from Trump, where he makes statements like like he knows that it's mainly uh, you, you don't you don't kill the whole herd and then starve to death. You don't kill off your meat supply and then starve to. You know what I'm saying? So let's just shut down the whole economy. And he made some good statements there, but the same token, he praises the pharmacological companies for their fast tracking of the drugs and so on and the vaccines. They were preordained anyway he was going to get all these before COVID broke out, folks. <laughs> Moderna was sitting in the wings waiting for this to happen. Eh? As Fauci darn well knows. You have a chewing Trump that says the military will help deliver the vaccines. Again, blanket immunity for everybody who gives you vaccines, pharmacies, whoever, 
nursing staff, doctors. So you're left, if you, if you get side effects or you die or you're crippled for life, you have nothing, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, that's no choice at all, is it? Really? No. Unless folk really want to do it and just go along with it. Sure, so there were folk who rushed to get it, actually, because they're so terrified. That happened with the, with the swine flu that, that petered out by itself again back in 2009 or so. Another great test that the public turned us back on, and they lost that one. So they've come back and forth with this one, eh? So, yeah, Trump was all for the military. But Trump, remember, when he ran the previous time, the very first time for politics, he he did say in his speeches that he was all for pharma, uh, the pharmaceutical companies to rush things through, again, to help the people, right? and bypass lots of years of testing. He says, get right to the people. This is what he ran the first time before COVID or anything else. So now the, the guy's authorized the military. He wouldn't use the military when when Washington, D.C. was getting set on fire at one point <laughs> and other places too, you know, which can be done under a certain, a certain thing, according to the U.S. Constitution, so certain circumstances. But anyway... But he was willing to. He's willing to put them out there to, to bring private corporations' products uh, and inject them into your into your bloodstream. Uh, that's going to alter your DNA. Eh? That's really wonderful. That uh, even though you'd have to really wait for a few years to see the real outcomes of anything. And apart from that, even Fauci said it, 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 these things won't give you uh, full protection against it. They might only give you a little protection so you won't see the sniffles or something. Come on here. So something that may have really dangerous effects on you and could alter your DNA, that's, meant to, that's what it's meant to do, right? Uh, it's going to be injected. And it might not do anything for COVID. There's a massive agenda here, and it's, some of it's just pure greed, and it's all cronyism. So, I mean, they, they decided before who's going to get all the money here. And they all had their hands out too. They knew exactly what they were going to get. They even made the deals as to who would do the contact tracing the year before, in 2019, before COVID broke out. I gave the, t- the story months ago on that one. So you're living through an amazing agenda, and the public don't know. And you can't blame them, right? Because they watch TV every day and get terrified. And, they, and right back to the same numbers game, eh? The same that they had to admit in, in late summer that, that, that they way over it. There's been 94% of the people that they cut the numbers who died by by 94%. They didn't die of, of the COVID itself at all. Then back to statistics, statistics. What a fiddle that one is, eh? And right down to even hospital admissions. It's not necessarily admission. Most of them don't stay the day. These are really visits. And lots of them are visits to, to get the nasal test done or to go back for a second test even because they're terrified of getting it. But it's put down in the hospital, you see. Every trick in the book is on the go because there's a, a world of an agenda. There's a whole new world waiting at the end of this eh, that you are not going to like. 
because you wouldn't listen. They said you just wouldn't listen to the to the sustainability agenda, and you wouldn't stop consuming. Hmm? You wouldn't stop doing it. So they're going to do it all for you. It's as simple as that. So much for democracy. Now I could go over many of the articles I did years ago. I could. Where I go through the quotes by leaders of the big foundations and the NGOs, these armies of climatologists or climate change um, advocates and so on. For sustainability, I could do one after the other because there's countless of them, where they, they were open about it, where they offer up scary scenarios to get the people to listen, so terrify the public, you know. And it doesn't matter again if um, if the climate science is all wrong; uh, it, it's for a good cause, a good a good a good change for producing equity in the planet, things like that, coming from politicians like they did in Canada. I could go through stacks of these ones by well-known people, eh? but I won't, <laughs> because I've done it all before years ago, and it bores me. It doesn't really matter. I think how many times you tell people this anyway. It's an interesting thing. If they're not ready for something, you could, you could teach them all day long with the evidence, including videos from the people giving these talks, where he admits uh, lots of it could be down to opinion instead of real science, but it doesn't matter anyway, and it won't matter to them, because the next day when they hear the next bit of fear, they're back to square one again. It's a fact. That's how it works. Eh? So what I'll do, I will mention one thing, though, that ties in with the COVID, right? The Great Reset. Just as an example, I've mentioned this before recently again, this one. And it says, to the global elite, the math is simple. Human overpopulation is causing climate change. So the solution to climate change is population control. Well, no, climate change is the excuse for population control, you see. Because they want to reduce it. They don't need you anymore. Hmm? It says, today there is headline after headline in the mainstream media about how dangerous climate change is and about how the world as we know it is going to end if we don't take dramatic steps to fight global warming. But what they won't tell you in the mainstream media is what the final solution for the problem of climate change that the global elite will, ha- will come up with actually is. You see, for the global elite, the, main, the math is simple. They believe that human overpopulation is causing climate change. That's what they say. I don't think they really believe it. And so the solution to climate change is population control. As bizarre as it sounds, that's why they, what they actually believe. The truth is that they are convinced that climate change is going to literally destroy the earth. I really don't believe that personally. This is the article I'm reading here. I think they, they always know. I mean, they, 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 they had climate change before there were humans on the planet, folks, including, you know, very hot burning phases too. <laughs> so anyway, in fact, this official policy of the United Nations to fight climate change by promoting population control measures. They don't even try to camouflage it anymore. Last year, the UNFPA, the United Nations Population Fund, by the way, that was set up in the United Nations by the Rockefeller Foundation, for those who don't know that. The UN is a big front for the big agenda. 
So at least you got the Department of Population. Now they call it the Populations Fund. At least its annual State of the World Population Report entitled Facing a Changing World, Women, Population and Climate, which you can download. It's, the link is there. And in that document, it was made clear that the official position of the UN is that the only way to avoid a major climate disaster is to drastically increase family planning services around the globe and to do whatever is necessary to reduce worldwide fertility rates. Okay? To increase family planning services around the globe and to do whatever is necessary, to, whatever is necessary, you understand that, to reduce worldwide fertility rates. But yeah, I mean, it's always been their, their agenda, even before they came up with the idea, remember, of climate change. Climate change idea was, was, was picked by the Club of Rome that was given the task to find a way to unite the planet, to fight some th- common uh, enemy uh, in order to bring this agenda in and population reduction. So there you go. And, uh, but yeah, that's family planning, it's abortion and so on and uh, whatever is necessary to, to reduce worldwide fertility rates. The West, we, they tried all this stuff out in the West first. That's why the fertility rate's been plummeting in the males for years in the West. It's not by chance. That's why they're not worried about it. As I say, if the farmer has his animals suddenly going awry in some way or another health-wise, you've got to find out why. Well, they know why, and they're not worried about it, so it means it's intentional. That's why you're going sterile. Yeah, that's how it works, folks. And uh, as I say, I'll tie it in once again, just before I get on to the next next piece of information. That's what they said at the last climate change meeting last year. We weren't listening to them for sustainability. Time is running out. Time is running. They all said this, that countless articles where all the leaders kept saying, oh, time is running out. You know, So they have to go into a drastic measure to... To, to save the the planet and so so bingo COVID happens bingo, and uh, immediately your economy is brought to a grinding halt. Remember, you've got to stop consumerism. Well, you can't buy if there's nothing getting supplied, huh? And they've already tested out in the stores. Uh, they want the few big ones that are left to to stay open. That's all planned in advance too, of course. Where they, they, they cordon off areas for non-essential supplies, getting you trained already, you see, post-consumer, just basics only. Austerity programs, like I did years and years ago, all these talks on it too, from the right sources too. And here you are, That's the war is upon you. The war is upon you. And I'll go back to that one article that I saved to do with, uh, again, the Code of Federal Regulations for the U.S., right? To do with terrorism. The unlawful use of force or threat of force against persons or property to intimidate or coerce a government or civilian population or any segment thereof in furtherance of political, economic, or social objectives. The war is upon you. Remember, in martial law, they have complete control of media, so all media is uniform, seeing the same things. 
no dissenting opinions are allowed. Hmm? And you can be arrested. I'm talking about martial law. This is starting stuff going way back. Um, gatherings, even before, regardless of a disease, even gatherings are always limited to so many people uh, outside, and even so, at certain times of the day or night as well. That's another part of it too. This is martial law you're under. Rationing is introduced, ID is introduced. And of course, you've got it on your cell phones and your apps, which you're happily all getting um, to be very obedient. And you'll never satisfy them. You, you tell me, submit to, I'll try that. They may leave me alone. They'll say, oh, leave me alone. I've done all the right things. I've got the latest app and I'm tracking trace. Blah, blah. It's, not, it's never going to be good enough, folks. They don't care about you. <laughs> They really don't, you know. You don't get a little gold star like school, you know, a little mark for being goody-goody to the teacher. In this game here, it doesn't happen. You know, a, a wartime agenda. This is a war on the people. And they really mean business, you know, completely. You've got this article here, Acting Defense Secretary Christopher Miller on Wednesday, ordered the Pentagon's top civilian overseeing the military special operations community to report directly to him, effectively elevating U.S. Special Operations Command to the same level of the Pentagon's military departments. The change makes the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Low-Intensity Conflict, this is, this is unconventional warfare, a service secretary-like position responsible for the oversight and advocacy of the military special operations forces, said Miller, who's expected to serve in the Defense Department's top job only about two months. Or is he going to continue, regardless of the changeover? Yeah? If it comes. Miller announced the move during the visit to the Army's special operations home at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and his first official visit as Defense Secretary since he took the job. November 9th, as former Defence Secretary Mark Esper was fired by President Donald Trump via Twitter. So it enables us to streamline the information flow, right? It's interesting that the formal immediately improved agility to the department, right? And the command, and will be able to streamline the information flow, the information flow, enhance decision-making and more adaptively and adeptly support our commanders and their superb soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines, Miller said in brief prepared comments. Now, is he talking about internally or externally? He doesn't say here, is he? He said he would prefer to raise the top special operations civilian post to an undersecretary of defense title, but he also said he'd, he liked the authority to do so. Then Ezra Cohen Watnick, a former aide Trump, to Trump's first national security advisor, advisor Michael Flynn is now filling the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Low Intensity Conflict role on an acting basis. Miller briefly served in that position on a temporary basis earlier this year as well. Now these are posts really they've used again to win over the people in conflicts overseas. You win them over using different techniques. It's massive psychological warfare, multi-leveled warfare too. And uh, it makes me wonder if that's what they're going to use internally here. They're actually, they're actually using it, of course, by using the media 
and teams of people who will tell you if you're telling the truth or not. It's these unseen judges that simply um, will ban you if they claim that you're putting out false information on certain topics. eh? But this article goes on and on, and it makes you wonder if it's going to be used right off the bat. Why would it happen before you're ready to leave office, if that's what Trump's doing? Or is it going to continue into Biden's watch, as they call it, and um, is it all agreed upon in advance? We're watching a, a good stage play here in politics as well. But I know they want this. They were supposed to, remember, bring back stacks of the troops from overseas. And it really hasn't happened. They simply move them around to different bases. And the U.S., remember, has got thousands of troops all over the world. You know, they've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bases. <laughs> so it'd be interesting to see what they're, how they're going to use unconventional warfare. But it's already been used internally. We, we do know that. They're using the military in Canada and in the States for psychological operations. And attacking websites, by the way, you know. Same in Britain. There isn't just the 77 Brigade, they've got other ones as well in Britain. And uh, yeah, they use them and they hassle you. And you don't, you don't realize too. I read an article last week where it, wanted, it wasn't a TED talk, it was something similar, but a, a fellow gives a talk about when you Google something, if you, if you use Google, or there are other search engines too, I'm sure they're much the same. You don't realize that what topic you're, you're punching up, you're going to get different uh, replies as to what, to, what to, sites to look at uh, than people that you might know if they punch up the same question, you know, with the, with the same search engine. Because they're tailor-making it all, information to suit you or to suit their version of you. How they want you to look and think about things, about what they want you to look at. Because they've decided you might need a nudge in this direction or a nudge in that direction, not a nudge that your neighbor is going to get, you see, a different kind of nudge. They're, t- they're literally tailor-making the information or results to prompt you to change. This, this is how far ahead all this stuff is, you know. Mm-hmm. I tell you. So much for the democracy of the internet. Oh, it's going to free up everybody. You don't have your say. And so on, eh? <laughs> The folk don't know. Now remember, again, cutting through the matrix.com. Send a few bucks to me, hopefully. You'll see how to do it on the website. List all my sites, my official sites. Remember, too, you'll find me, I think, on YouTube and also on BitChute and different places and so on. The other folk take it up, load because they're allowed to do that with my talks, as long as it isn't changed, you see. I don't mind folk using my talks. Just don't add to it or detract from it, or because then they can fudge you to say anything. Of course, it's all been done in the past by other people, to other people. That's the tricks that they play. So, um, But my official sites are all at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can f- PayPal, cash is fine, personal check is fine. Uh, some countries can still use international postal orders, and you can say international postal order, to Canada. The States can't send them to Canada, apparently, now. But, uh, like, international postal orders, as from the post office, but outside the country, I think some countries, countries still do that. Moneygram can be used, and um, 
you could even you, you, you can find innovative ways to get cash to me, I'm sure. Because we're going through a war, and I'm not backed by any covert institution behind me or agency, and I don't have a team of staff here to churn out documentaries to make you go, ooh, and ah, wow, and stuff like that, and churn out 100 articles a day. This all ends up immediately across the internet at different sites, you know. Little clues like that. <laughs> so you be, you got to be very careful, as I say, and I um, I know that the, the people have been following me for years and years and years. I would like me to continue through it all. I mean, it's coming almost to an end, you know. I've had calls from other people saying it's going to be time now, you see. Because I've been at this for a long time. And as I said, they come out, I was the first to really come out with what was the big agenda back in the 90s. And only came out because it was, I had to come out. I, I couldn't sit back and watch. The only country that, that was allowing information out in some circles, because of the rights that they had at the time, at the time, <laughs> in the U.S., to just be navel-gazing. I says, look, this is a bigger agenda, and here's the, here's the facts behind it. It's much, but it's a worldwide agenda, and this is where it's going to take you. And that's what I had to, I had to do. I had all this information and knowledge and just bottled up, and it was time to unleash it, and that was it. And as soon as you do that kind of thing, you immediately, you, and I guarantee you, if you're genuine, you, you'll, get, you'll get people coming out like clones of you immediately and using your stuff and using it and then spinning it off into absurdities too to ridicule your material. That's, that's counterintelligence, you see. Current. And I used to talk to people sometimes for hours when I first came out on, on the radio. Privately, you know. And after about a year and a half, one person who, who, who contacted me quite often mentioned, he phoned me one night, and he says, I, 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 hate, I hate to tell you this, he says, I've got to tell you, he says. And he mentioned this other guy that would phone me, I didn't, I didn't know they were connected, you see. But he says, but we're both employed by, and I, I won't say the name, <laughs> by another guy you know awfully, awfully well, but not in, not in America, so who was paying them to pump me for information on the occult and so on like that. And, and he was using it all for his books. It's astonishing stuff that goes on. The same character got me off the ear of another show that I helped to promote initially. And uh, that's another story again. And the person, when the, when the guys in the show actually phoned me up red-faced and said, I'm sorry, we made a deal to do all these videos. And... Um, that was part of the deal that they wouldn't bring me back on again. You wouldn't believe the dirty tricks that go on. You really don't know what's going on. You really don't know. There's not a happy field out there of what you used to, used to call the patriot community because it's completely infiltrated, folks. And it always was. But worse now. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's up to yourselves what you want to follow or listen to. But I always say, yeah, you think for yourselves. You've got to do it. And where you want to accept it as a, as a purely humdrum society uh, and an atheistic society in a humanistic world, it's up to you, you know, 
or you believe there's a spiritual side of it too. It's up to you as well. I can only go by my own experiences. I think it's a very pessimistic way to look at the world is through purely atheistic eyes. Because then hell can be brought to your door and you'll accept it because you have nothing else to compare it to. Oh, well, you know, it's it's a pretty hellish world and that's just the way humanity is. And, and you go along with it to the bitter end, you know. And yet you'll watch all these movies about the, the heroes fighting oppressors and all the different sci-fis and things like that. And, but you can't, you can't bring it into your own life. That's pretty sad. I've said for years and years, stop following people because you, and I meant this, and especially now this is the time for it, you see, you are your own champion. Stop looking for the one to ride into town and do it for you. You are, you are your own champion in more ways than you perhaps realize. Because the act of not conforming to the demands of evil well, kind of has rewards in other ways altogether never mind helping you feel better you've done the right thing for once <laughs> eh? but that's what we're living through it's a time of decision you see you're now in all the books that you've read all the documentaries you've watched about evil empires you're now in it now you're in it and evil never comes out and says, yeah, we're evil, we're the bad guy. It never says that. They always come out as the saviors, you see. We're here to save you from yourself. You see. Never, psychopaths will never see their evil. And in fact, they'll rationalize what they do. All to the bitter end, they'll rationalize it. No matter how absurd the rationale appears to outsiders. But it is approaching so fast, isn't it? It's here, really. You know? And these circles within circles and circles that interconnect with circles of acquaintances and, and CEOs and um, heads of this and heads of that and specialists all, all collaborating together on this is just it's not astonishing in a world of mass communication. They don't even need to meet physically, and they have it for a long time in meeting meeting places, you know, to have world government and to to bring us all down. Quite astonishing. Eh? Electricity is not our friend, unfortunately. When it comes to this, at least, because uh, I said they couldn't do any of this without the, the computer and mass communication, mass surveillance of all kinds. They couldn't do any of it. That's why it's all happening now, too. I can remember reading about the, you had the Luddites, and you had saboteurs, and all these different things that happened, fights against technologies of the past. And I've looked at Mennonites, too, and other groups, similar groups, and thought, well, I, I, I've got nothing I can say bad about them. Because if we all go down into austerity, I thought, I thought this for years, then the, if they've hung on to the old ways, I don't know how many of them still have their own blacksmiths and things like that, but they used to be self-sufficient. That was the whole point of it initially. 
then they'll survive. And if they, if they keep the horses and so on, they'll survive as long as they can plant, grow and feed themselves and make their own things, they can survive. And they are an enemy. They're being attacked now. They're being attacked by the, the authorities, even in Canada here. In fact, all religious groups, especially Christian groups, are really being hammered across the world now, of course, because they're, they're easy targets. They don't fight back. And they're more compliant, obedient. Um, they won't dare do this on, on Islam to the same extent. And they won't, don't dare do it on other groups too. But Christianity especially is an easy target of obedient people, you know. So the, the, um, they begin after the Mennonites in Ontario because they, they claim that there was a, an oh, an outbreak of COVID after, I don't know, a wedding or something, or maybe a church meeting. But, but don't forget, outbreaks are not outbreaks. It's not outbreaks of sick, dying folk. It's just that, that somebody got tested and with, a, with, with this wonderful COVID test where the inventor said it shouldn't be used for diagnosis. But what, what does he know, eh? And it, the fragments of the of the DNA, or a virus, I should say, are literally multiplied many, many times in cycles. Way over what they should be, too, even then. They say once it's over about 32, uh, it becomes very, very unreliable. And they're up to 45 cycles now, so they're guaranteed to get lots of false positives, I think. In their own writings, this stuff comes out, you know. But anyway, they're going after the, the Mennonites now and, the, and um, they try to lock them down and try to get them tested and compliant, going along with it all, to stop, stop the social gatherings. Any sort of human thing you do, like social gatherings, and got to be stopped. Eh? You can't have humans being human anymore when you want to change society into a completely fabricated war-gamed, planned future. That's what it is. So I'll put some links up on the, the stories about Ontario and the Old Order Mennonites, as I like to call them. Because, again, they, they would be self-sufficient if they were left alone, you see. You can't have that. And and, and again, they've got another dangerous thing. They're pretty well, because of their whole nature of being in a community, they've kind of sworn, in a sense, to help each other out, you see. And what a horrible thing to think about, to help each other out in times of massive crisis, like feeding each other. Oh, how horrible for totalitarians to, to watch that going on, eh? When they want you coming to them with your rationing card or your rationing app, you know. <laughs> you can't have the Mennonites feeding themselves and other people, for goodness sake. This is war. This is a war going on that most folk will never comprehend, even as it's happening. They used to, they used to say that in these old movies, when they were glorifying surgeons and things, and they would work hard, and they'd swell up all night long working on a patient, trying to save their life, and, and oh, goodness me, there's a nurse, you know, taking the beads of sweat off the surgeon's forehead, and... Uh, Ten hours at the operation, but the patient dies. Eh? And that, that's what they used to say, the operation was a success, but the patient died. Well, it's the same with COVID. Eh? Let's this absolutely stop the economy. Put millions, literally, there's millions and millions of people unemployed in America's folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and watch everything plummets. 
watch rationing come in, watch scarcities come in, and eventually scarcities of food. Let's watch, and never mind the, the, the folk dying because they can't get any hospital get, to get the basic treatments done to, for life-saving operations. Forget all that. They're, they're written off already. Huh? It's a cost of war, obviously, because they're not allowing them in. They've already killed lots like that. So, again... The operation's a success, but the but the whole patient, the whole, this whole body politic, the patients, the body, the people, the social order are dying <laughs> to stop COVID. That isn't killed a fraction of what it will kill through rationing, etc., 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 etc. It's the whole premise of what they're doing to save the the the, the, the nation is completely false. Doesn't doesn't pan out. Doesn't equate. You don't kill. It's like killing the herd of cattle, you know. Because you thought the, the cattle were eating too much grass or something. Let's kill them all off. Then once you've done it, say, oh, wait a minute, we're going to get milk. Oh, I never thought of that. Come on here. They've, they know exactly what they're doing here. First time in history you lock down the healthy who can work. You stop the economy. Because of it all. First time in history. Because it's planned to take you into sustainable austerity. The big agenda that's been planned for years and years under the guise of global warming and sustainability. Same thing. Agenda for the 21st century. And right down to allowing yourself to get managed properly. Properly by experts, right down to everything in your own life, your own personal life. Eh? See, sustainability has more to it than that. You've already been treated to the to the little tentative uh, releases. And everything you see in the mainstream media is a release, a planned release on time. Each is planned on time as a presentation that, that builds a picture inside you of the big agenda. You've been programmed. The articles I've mentioned before, the previous months, and right back to the spring. Oh, Canada was one of the first ones to say, well, we may have to start rationing health care and rationing medication if it gets really bad. It's, it's the ethics and bioethics. and That was all done in, under sustainability before. When the authorized professors came out and said, you know, people should just die a prescribed time off life. You've had so many years, just die. That was in Brave New World. You'd live a, a very healthy, to the end, in the last week you'd be very ill and you'd die. Because they programmed it into you, you see. That's no coincidence. But why don't you die when you're 65? And leave your pension to the authorities. And they could make it, the world more equal by using your money. By giving themselves bigger paychecks and things, you know, at the top. Uh, that's what you're living through right now. You're getting trained and programmed for, for a whole permanent existence from now on. And there are supposed to be exceptions for... And I read these articles years and years ago. The did exceptions for those who are more important, people who served the system well, who would be given life extension, you see meaning for the elite, you know, 
and, and, and all the prostitutes that they hire to manage us. And they'd also get permission to, for certain certain ones to, to actually um, breed, to have children. The better type, selective breeding, you see. And it'd be chosen for them. Just, you know. And, but for the rest of you, you know, comment, oh, for goodness, you know, lots of sex as long as it's completely, you know, sterile. No offspring. Now those in the Club of Rome, remember, they were, who were tasked with... Uh, by the elite to, to find a reason that they could give to the public to give up their rights to save something, the world, whatever, hit on the idea of global warming and famine and drought that would come out of it and, and the like would fit the bill. Therefore, man would be the enemy, see? That's what they said themselves. And there was King as well. It was Morris, it was Professor Morris King. You know, King was one of the, the, the members, the high members, the head of the, Club of Rome at one point too, and uh, again they're all all humanists. Eh? This religion of humanists, you should read it sometime. The Humanists Manifesto, and uh, this is what Maurice King said, Professor. Eh? Global sustainability requires the, the deliberate quest of poverty. You're getting the point here. I'll say that again. I want most folk really. It goes over their heads. It couldn't have been what I heard there. Global sustainability. This is very important to remember. Global sustainability requires the deliberate quest of poverty. Reduced resource consumption and set levels of mortality control. Set levels of mortality control. What do you think that means, mortality control? Length of lifespan, folks. Huh? This is all coming out again with the, with the different ethics committees for the Rockefeller Foundation, now working with uh, all the, those in the Johns Hopkins groups for um, the whole, and, and the great the reset as well. They've churned out all their stuff. They've been working at it. They're lawyers, and they decide what bioethics and what ethics will be for living and dying. You know, I've already put the articles out to you from their own websites, and um, it's all there now. These are your new ethicists. This is the new religious priests. You see, we've decided what's right and wrong and what's allowable and. It's allowable we can euthanize you, etc. If you're, if you're just a useless eater, for goodness sake, then, then you shouldn't be eating. You're eating our resources. Are we important people? We, we are intellectual people. We have the right, you see, to have more than you. You're eating our resources because, as like Karl Marx said, uh, each according to their needs and their means. Well, we're more important folk need more than you commoners down there, you see. So stop eating our resources. There you go. And that sums up. Or, or you see, the, 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 again, this, this is true, this is a real socialism. You don't realize that the elite technocrats like socialism, where they can manage you all in a collectivist type society, where you don't have individual freedoms. If collective freedoms, but they define what the freedoms are. Remember what the United Nations said two years ago? The individual is the enemy of world peace. Their definite definition, remember, of world peace is the Marxist 
definition, which is the end of all opposition. That's what they define as peace under communism. So you're living through the agenda here, and they've got all these different ethics boards set up, you see. They're already introducing, under, but here to help folk, and it sounds, you know, kind of reasonable initially, you say, well, yeah, euthanasia started in Holland and, and Sweden and Switzerland initially, where you could pay money for it, big money, but then the government of Holland allowed it, and now it's rampant. Now you can get killed for just getting a bit depressed as a teenager, and they'll, they'll, they'll happily put you out of your, your misery, you know. And then start to decide who should get put out, even if you don't consent to it, you see. Then Canada joined them, and the same thing. Now you can't trust the hospitals in Canada, folks. Medicine has lost, this is the saddest thing, you know, all, all credibility, all credibility and trust when they start deciding who's going to live and die. That's out the window, that's gone. Gone. If a whole profession signs on and accepts that, they, they should be ashamed of themselves and, and, and quit and leave their professions because it's, it's not profession anymore. It's, it's a total sellout to politics and an agenda. A horrible agenda, that. We're here to help you, eh? Ronald Reagan, the, the most terrifying things American citizens can hear is, we're from the government and we're here to help you. We should put up in neon lights, I think. So yeah, back to King here, Professor Morris King. Global sustainability requires the deliberate quest of poverty. What part of that do you not understand? This is for you, you see. Reduced resource consumption and set levels of mortality control. Mm. Okay, righto. I guess he was just daydreaming when he said it, eh? Maybe. And this is what you're putting up with, and you don't even realize it. That's been, that's been repeated by other professors since then. More so in the last few years as you get you, you see, you're constantly getting programmed with little bits and bites of information, repetition. And so when it gets introduced, oh, well, you know, I guess it's quite natural. No, the program you accept is natural, and you don't even realize it. You don't know. It's just astonishing, really, isn't it? I tell you. This article here is, um, again, reducing the world population through vaccines. Bill Gates, yeah, when he said, and he's up there saying it, you, know, you can see him saying it and hear him saying it, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, we could lower the world population by 10 or 15%. These are mind jobs. I'm being polite here. These are mind jobs on you. They're, they're truly our psyop jobs when they say things like that. That this, this kind of double speak where your mind can't comprehend. Wait a minute. What, what's the, he wants to help people by giving vaccines to reduce, help reduce population. Doesn't compute. Eh? It, it, it's a. There's also lots of, I'm actually talking about the revelation of the method, years and years and years ago, where they generally come out and tell you what they've done after the fact, you know. But sometimes, but during this occultic time, you're, you're getting it, again, shouted from the rooftops and at the same time denied, if you repeat it, <laughs> what they're saying. 
by their mainstream media. This is a psyop operation. But that's done like that. Quite some way. And also this one here is, um, well, I've got the, the solution to climate change is population control. This is a 2010 article. Yeah, it goes on and on. It's one after the other in the same, the same kind of vein, basically. Another one here, too, is this article to do with, uh, let's see, oh, countless articles, actually. I don't want you bombard you with article after article. But um, here's something to think about. Eh? Bishop Joseph Brennan of the Diocese of Fresno urged Catholics not to jump on the COVID-19 vaccine bandwagon. The reason for it, he says, citing ethical concerns about the use of fetal cells and vaccine development. He's advising folk not to just jump on the bandwagon. In a video, in the video, the link to the video is here, shared by the diocese this week, Brennan said that some of the researchers racing to produce a coronavirus vaccine have made use of cells derived from an aborted fetus and perhaps other morally objectionable materials. And as soon as you say that, you know, a good chunk of the population, well, so what? They're trying to save us, you know. And so what? They were dead anyway, you know, these babies. Are, you know, at least when they took the, the cells up, I mean, they, maybe they were, but they, maybe they weren't. <laughs> and it, would, it wouldn't really matter to some people either. They wouldn't care. But it isn't that really that stands out. Because I, I gave talks a long time ago from some of the people, big world leaders at the time where they talked about destroying society right down to uh, necrophilia, you know. But what they're getting at is they'd even make you eat the dead, eat your dead, you know. That was a, that was a saying, too, that, that um, Derzinski used, who was one of the big early um, Czech and NKVD group uh, leaders in the Soviet Union or the Bolshevik uh, era. When he, a mass slaughterer, too, because they, they were tremendous slaughterers, these people. They enjoyed slaughtering millions of people. They really enjoyed it. If you want to see demons in physical form do what they, what they, they do, you, you just go back and you look at what these characters did. Uh, you, you kind of, you, it's unbelievable to most folk, you know. But they existed, they did it, and, and they had powerful positions. But this, this mass slaughterer, he talked about, he had a complete contempt for the public. Once again, who would obey and obey, just like, obey Fauci, obey Fauci, you know. Just stop thinking for yourselves and listen to the experts and, and, that's how, and, and stop this individualism and write stuff and, and do what you're told. So Drzezinski, you see, did all that stuff to the people. And, they, and of course, they tried to obey him and, and please him. There's no pleasing him. You're, you're already slated for extinction. They didn't believe in wasting time and, and reschooling and re-education facilities for guys like you. No, they just brought them, you and your families and children and slaughtered you. Whole towns, villages, you know, one after the other. And Dorzinski said that, he says, um, what does he think of the people? He says, I think they're scum, he says. 
What do you expect from a psychopathic mass slaughter with power? Right? But he, he says he had no regard for them at all. Why? Because they wouldn't stand up for themselves. He says you can beat them. He says you can you can kick them. You can starve them. He says, well, they stand up and fight you because you're the oppressor, right? He says, no, they and they just turn over and eat their dead. He says, these are the characters. They are seen manifested again, very openly. And the Bolshevik communists, you were, you were an enemy of the state and the people. And the papers would denounce you when they were told you that they would denounce you as such, just like you're getting today with the, oh, the anti-vaxxers and the, and the misinformation agents out there amongst the public. They're enemies of the people. Dangerous times, folks. And they're using the military to go after people. You know, do you understand what's going on here? This is, this is the elite's revolution. Not, it's not the gross. This is not the, a difference. This is the elite's revolution for the next phase of their system. And they don't need you that's left over from, from their last system. You're getting the picture. You're obsolete. Let's get on about factories. When factories really blossomed, and the big car factories and different kinds of, of manufacturing plants, they would tool up, as they called it, get all the right tooling in for mass production of items. And then when, when technologies came along, they were creating new models or whatever, they would, they would retool and they'd get rid of their old toolings, maybe even sell it to other countries. But you would retool. Well, you see, the elites are retooling their, their world. They're getting rid of all of us. We're obsolete. And they've been, they've been rather blatant about it, by the way. <laughs> This this mind job, this is amazing psyop technique that they're using. Where they'll tell you that, admit it, and then then deny it from the same sources. It's just astonishing. But that is psychological warfare. Years ago, I, I gave a talk to, about the techniques, the basic you know, you know um, examples. Little, I said, you're walking down the street, eh? and then you, then you see. Someone that you're suspicious of is, oh, it looks like a government official to me, you know. And, um, or, or some, if you were in a, a, like a totalitarian system, right, and you see this official there, and, and he stops you, and before you can blink an eye, he punches you in the face. And you say, whoa, what are you doing? Is this what you're on about? So you just punched me in the face. No, I didn't. And he looks so convincing. You see, so because it really does. It's trained to be awfully convincing with his facial expression. Well, maybe my, what did I imagine that? But my my jaw is hurting. And after he tells you that that he didn't do it, it hits you again. This thing go on and on and on, and you keep saying, accusing him of, and you keep denying it as he does it. That's the techniques that's been used now. Throws you into a and never never land. You're not sure where you are. You, 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 you'll start to doubt your own judgments on everything. That's intentional. This was intentional. And uh, unfortunately, as I said, you've had like four years of bit of a reprieve, a stalling technique with the Trump. And if nothing else, that's what you got. But now, of course, you've already seen the other camp 
and all the articles or oh, the climate change agendas. We'll be right back at the meeting this year or next year with the same agenda, and we'll put it on steroids basically now to catch up on lost time and same same agenda, sustainability, yada yada yada, depopulation, yeah. the Great Reset to bring equality in. Yeah, that's equal poverty for most folk. That's what they mean by that. <laughs> equality. Mm-mm-mm. All by groups that were never elected. Eh? The World Economic Forum, the Council on Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission, uh, Club of Rome, countless other ones, all the big foundations on board with the two United Nations, none of them democratic, who all work together as one unit, which really they are when you really look at it that way. And none of them, they don't believe in democracy. They use democracy for their wars. We're, we're there to force democracy on the people and give them freedoms as, as they're taking all your rights away at home. <laughs> and folk never figured it out, you know. And the, 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 the truth and the telling point is when they, is when they, they actually expect the military to do what they're told and go after you, their whole population. And that's going to be interesting to see if they're prepared enough. And I'm sure that they're all the tests and so on to see how many on their computer models will defect and actually join the public if, if the, t- the public really get persecuted to, to a slaughter level. Will they join the public in sympathy or what? Or, and they'll have all that worked out too. This is amazing wargaming that's going on as it actually happens in real time. So there's that bishop giving you a, a, a little warning, you know, because it's all symbolic of cannibalism, isn't it? Putting someone else's body cells into yours is symbolic of cannibalism. You don't have to eat flesh to be a cannibal. It's, it's, it's the ingesting of it in whichever way it's brought in, right? And vaccinations another way to do it. It's still some a living something that was another human being, understand? It's very symbolic of so so much. Hmm? And you tie it in with guess what? Human flesh looks like beef, but the taste is more elusive. It's like pork or maybe veal. Hmm? Yeah. This Smithsonian magazine that says here. As they get used to the idea. Remember, Bill Gates has a patent on artificial meat. I read that a few months ago and put up the article for that one up there too. Just a coincidence, he's got fingers and all these pies, you know. And I remember doing the articles years ago when I think it was was at Holland. That the first project to try grow human meat and or, or meat in tanks, artificial or it's really real meat, but created artificially through um, other. Sources, genes. So here's the human stuff, right? And it says, even if you have no desire to eat the flesh of fellow humans, it's not so uncommon to wonder from time to time what it looks and tastes like or feels like and so on. And so it says, the muscle's red color can be traced to the presence of a, a richly pigmented protein called myoglobin, and more specifically, hemis, the, the, the chemical compounds 
that myoglobin uses to bind and store oxygen as a fuel source for active muscles. So there you go. For hema, which is the hemoglobin part of it, I suppose. Anyway, it, um, it says the Meat and Science section of Texas A&M University's Department of Animal Science. It says, um, according to the Meat Science section, pork lamb and beef average 2.6 and 8 milligrams of myoglobin per gram of muscle. And it says the concentration of my- myoglobin in human muscle tissue is relatively high, even relative to pig, sheep, and cows, coming at close to 20 milligrams per gram. So there you go. Isn't that fascinating to see what your future and very shortly, your future meat, if you get any at all, by the way, is going to be like, isn't it? It's little, little bits that just happened to get into the paper, you think, just happened to get in there, eh? And um, this one just happens to get in about the same time. Scientists create, grow your own human steak. You can actually eat it, says here. So the scientists in the U.S. have created a human steak, which can be grown using your own cells and blood. The bizarre creation is known as the Ouroboros steak, named after the ancient Egyptian snake that eats itself, though creators have insisted that eating meat grown from human cells isn't cannibalism. I'm glad they got experts saying that, that it's not cannibal eating human meat, it doesn't matter how it's grown, isn't cannibalism, that's pleasant. I guess they can convince you of anything, eh? And interestingly called it after the Ouroboros, I remember giving talks in that way back in the 90s, because the Ouroboros is a symbol in the societies of not just eternal life, but eternal dominance, by the way, for those who don't know that. Yeah. And beginnings and endings, and all endings are new beginnings, run by the same serpent, you might call it, or system. Yeah, indeed, eh? So that's interesting, yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah it's, it's grown from human cells, but eating it isn't cannibalism. It's a real piece of meat, this day is currently just a prototype, with little chunks currently on display at the, the Beasley Designs of the Year exhibition at Design Museum in London. It was grown using cells harvested from the inside of the cheek, I wonder if they're talking about the facial cheek, which were fed serum derived from expired blood donations. Expired, oh, it's okay then, it's expired blood donations. So you're a vampire now, a vampire now as well. <laughs> but that's okay too. <laughs> Scientists came up with the idea in the hopes of pointing out the flaws of the lab-grown meat industry, which claims to offer a cruelty-free alternative to factory farming. So growing meat in the lab relies on the use of fetal bovine serum as a protein-rich growth supplement for animal cell cultures. It costs around 300 to 700 pounds per litre and is derived from the blood of calf fetuses taken after pregnant cows are slaughtered in the meat or dairy industry. Mm-mm-mm. It must make you wonder. Who's going to be able to afford it, even if that was going to be viable, you know? This kind of stuff, eh? And who's paying for all this? But yeah, I know Gates had a, one on a burger. You know, maybe it was a, a meat-like burger he had, I think. Maybe. Not, not like meat, but meat-like burger. Artificial. Because you understand, if you, eat, if you get high protein, you get healthier. If you're healthy, you might breed, you know? And they don't want... They've actually said that in, in previous writings that 
I mean, healthy, as H.G. Wells said, uh, we, we can help people, uh, give them better hygiene, better better food for, for, for health, nutrition. And what do the people do? He says, they breed. He's so disappointed. So there you go. It's never, it's never changed that whole agenda. So all energy, remember, is to be reduced. Now, food is an energy which gives you energy. Don't ever forget that. And watch what's coming down the pipe with rationing. Yeah. So they say the point of this, yeah, we're not promoting eating ourselves as a realistic solution that will fix humans' protein needs. We'd rather ask a question, what would be the sacrifices we need to make to be able to keep consuming meat at the pace that we are? We are? In the future, who will be able to afford animal meat and who will meat? So in other words, it's really to show you the flaws in the problem. And you've got to admit too, I've seen some videos of horrible things on the animals in the big, big agri-food business. And it's a business, you know. And which always happens when big, big business takes over anything. Greed, greed, greed. Shareholders galore to satisfy. So faster production, fastest. And even you, you see animals like cows, they're, they can't produce anymore or, or else they're getting older or they've got arthritis setting in. And those big, big cattle, that they're kind of hybrid cattle, they, uh, for, for getting vast quantities of milk, the, the strain on their body is phenomenal. So you see occasional ones trying to get off their ramps out of these, these huge trucks that bring them to the slaughterhouses. And, you'll, and if they fall over, they don't waste time in trying that, to help the animal. Or, anything, no, or they, they literally get bulldozers, and you'll see them bulldozing them in to the yard. It's just hot, and they're alive. And th that's horrible, horrible. I, there's no justification in that kind of thing, not at all. Big business, eh? Big, big business. But the elite themselves want to stop you getting any meat at all. That's the other side of the coin here. To bring down population. When you don't have nourishment, you, the old diseases come back very quickly. Very quickly. And health goes down very quickly. And then child mortality goes up and so on. And there weren't Labour spokesman calls for anti-vax content garbage after demand for emergency social media law, it says. And again, Labour says the spirit of disinformation online presents a real and present danger. This is the next step to ban all dissenting voices or any alternative opinions on anything on the net, you see. You're an enemy of the state, you're an enemy of the people. And you're a danger to the people, you see. You're a danger to this standard totalitarian verbiage that they put out there. And it says, the Labour Party in Britain, I guess, wants to bring this forward. Laws that will include financial and criminal penalties for companies that fail to act against such content. So there you go. Jonathan Ashworth, the Shadow Health Secretary, told Sky News, Sophie Ridge on Sunday that dangerous nonsense is being spread on social media by people who are against inoculations and it erodes trust in vaccines. Vaccines are tested because folk can't trust them until they are tested. And even then, 
there's always fallout from vaccines. A lot of folk don't, it doesn't work with them very well. They have terrible side effects in some people. This is totalitarian rhetoric here. And once again, cuttingtrimetries.com, send a few bucks. I keep saying it because folks by the end of the talk have forgotten all about it. Send a few bucks my way and I'll keep going as long as I can to put out the information. And uh, you'll see how to do it at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Very important to, do, to keep me, because it really, when it falls off, it really falls off. And I, I, I gave the talk years ago. I said, you know, one day you expect me to be on every day, and you'll, you'll just tune in one day, and I, there's nothing there. Gone. That's what happens, you see. Things you take for granted, just go. And then you're left with uh, the authorized alternate media. <laughs> and there, there is a lot of it out there. Not all of it, but, but there's a lot of it out there. So send a few bucks my way, hey? And we'll see what we're going to do. So yeah, they're going after any dissenting. They again, had that in event 201, with the different phases of what they would do right down to imprisoning people who would speak out. And first they would try and stop the money coming in your finances, and you close you down that way, and so on. And it's, it's all pre-planned, you see. You're living through an agenda, a wartime agenda, planned in advance. Another one, too, is, um, let me see now, South Australia, eh? They, they really go to town there. One of the nation's toughest coronavirus lockdowns comes into place in South Australia. And, um, well... The amount of turning you'll you'll put up with is exactly that what you'll put up with. It's up to you folks. You know? And it says six day in lockdown has begun. Non essential businesses will be closed. Uh, that means if you're working those businesses, you're non essential too, you see. Total warfare, isn't it? Yeah. And in it has got the South South Australia's lockdown explained. Because no one understands these lockdowns in any country, by the way. Hmm. It's the same across the world, isn't it? The biggest stores for food and that allowed to keep going and everybody else is going out of business. All planned in advance. Eh? And Rishi Sunak refuses to say if he will profit from Moderna COVID vaccine. And that's the Chancellor, I guess, of Britain, I suppose. I may have mentioned in the last week from the, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, as they call it. The Chancellor Rishi Sunak has refused to disclose whether he will profit from a surge in the sheer price of the COVID-19 vaccine manufacturer Moderna, one of the biggest investments held by the hedge funds fund that he co-founded before entering Parliament. Nothing's ever been so obvious as the crooks that run us all, isn't it? Come on here, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They see, but they see the country and and parliaments and governments as like a private enterprise. That's how they see it. The whole country is a a private enterprise for themselves. How can I get really stinking rich? Well, let's have a an infection and I'll have massive shares in a corporation that will get the vaccine contracts. And anyway. I won't even waste my time on this article, but there you go. 
And the UK is just weeks away from a mass COVID vaccine program, Matt Hancock in the UK says. Uh, weeks away. Hmm. As soon as the jabs are revealed to be safe. Now, they can't even say that because there's, there's, there's always a certain amount of folk who have massive bad reactions and some death from any vaccine. So you can't say that at all. See how it's misleading you? The National Health Service will gear up for a huge vaccine push across the nation to keep people safe from coronavirus. I'll also put up Peter Hitchens' one where he says that what's all the whole thing about for a virus that's, that most folk uh, don't even have their symptoms of. It really doesn't matter, does it? I mean, truth doesn't matter that much at all now, does it? Not really. And that's pretty sad. And also, high-tech getting used. New Jersey cops use speaker drones to help enforce pandemic lockdown. That's from Digital Trends, it's called. And there's another one, too, and some similar in, in the States as well. And again, Fauci's new COVID-crushing guidance to Americans is, do what you're told. That's what he says on a, on, a, on a talk show he was on. I'll put that up too, and you can see it for yourselves if you don't really want to believe it. And um, this is as New York uh, Post reports. Long-time director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases repeatedly clashed with President Trump and his administration, who have dismissed him as a bit of an alarmist. At the very least, they have been polite. <laughs> no, he's on board totally with this agenda, sadly. Uh, Scotland tiers, which areas have level 0, 1, 2, 3 and 4 restrictions and our government's new COVID lockdown system and rules explained. No one understands, even, I think even the police chief of Scotland said the same thing, and England as well. They don't understand these systems themselves, so it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And you already probably know that Berlin, Germany, that's had a history of, of getting rid of totalitarian systems in the past, it says, police break up large Berlin protests as Germany passes tougher coronavirus laws. And, uh, uh, yeah, they're really pushing it in Germany again on the public because they're trying to suppress the public and to compliance again by using more, well, vicious technologies to do it all, of course. And they've had demonstrations like in Denmark and other countries too, where they come out banging pots and pans and blowing whistles and all, to protest uh, the push to enforce coronavirus restrictions on lockdowns on the public. And uh, so now that now the governments are fighting them now, you see. This is an agenda. It's really way beyond COVID, eh? yeah. for the whole reset agenda. That's, it. That's what it is, folks. So I'll put this one up too, and then COVID statistics revealed 95% of deaths had underlying health conditions, and ICU hospital beds are lower than the five-year average. And this article here is from the Sun newspaper in Britain. And uh, this is so... How do, how do critical hospital admissions or beds compare with the last five years? Hospital bed occupancy for the beginning of this month, this is November, is actually lower than the five-year average for November. <laughs> so don't let the facts get in the way, for goodness sake. And 
and cover that sun, for goodness sake. You know, it's putting too much light out on the, on the world. Eh? This is earlier this year, it emerged that the government's stark protect the National Health Service warning may have actually cost lives as many with, many with life-threatening conditions and cancers didn't seek help or couldn't get the help that they needed. I've read these articles already, what happened there. They couldn't get them, eh? So really it's uh, pretty awful what's going on here. And don't forget that the terminology that's used too, it says data from the Department of Health said 14,479 people were in the hospital on November 17, right? A drop from the previous day which had 16,271 COVID inpatients, right? Don't forget that going in to get tested, they put you down as being in hospital. Though you're only there for about 28 minutes, half an hour or something. Yeah. So this fudging of statistics and the use of is all to mislead the public. It's just horrible what they're doing. But it says out of the tragic 37,796 deaths in National Health Service England hospitals, right, up to November the 20th, okay, 35,806 had underlying conditions. There have been only 42 deaths of people under the age of 40 who didn't have underlying health problems. And more than half of those who died in England were over the age of 80. They were dying anyway, you see. It doesn't mean that COVID killed them, they killed them either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also put up again, all roads lead to dark winter. Excellent article about uh, bio-warfare and domestic policy and engineering contagion and so on, and some history of previous uh, things that happened in the States after 9-11, actually. But going back to 1990s and uh, the things that are going on at Fort Detrick, a lot of weird things were happening at the time with contagious and deadly pathogens, including Ebola you know, and anthrax, disappeared from the lab. That was all admitted to at the time, by the way. So I'll put this article up, because it all leads up to the present. Uh, it's all part of the same system we're living through right now, actually. Sweden's top um, scientist, Anders Tegnell, says face masks provide a false sense of security. He also says that they're very dangerous, and says the country will not make wearing them compulsory. And... Um, Justin Trudeau committed an extra $400 million, thanks Canada, <laughs> in global aid to tackle COVID-19. It'll help development and humanitarian efforts to respond to COVID-19. Who knows whoever tracks this kind of cash, eh? where it goes, eh? across the world. And... Uh, Anyway, he's, I won't go any further with the agenda. But yeah, he's, he's all on board with the global reset and, and all the rest of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so there you go. As, as you shut down the economy, let's use Canadian money that you're borrowing, obviously, to throw across the planet. This is a new commitment of 400 million came, came out a few days after he announced a commitment of 220 million to the COVAX advanced market commitment, which goes towards the purchase of vaccine doses for low and middle income countries. There you go. 
So you, yeah, the big pharma gets a big, big. We 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 pay for everything, don't we? We really do. And police using drones to yell at people for for being outside now. Right? Isn't that nice? It's popular mechanics. I used to read that years ago. So there you go. Some people still aren't listening. You know, they go outdoors and so on. And, and the Spanish authorities are using drones mounted with microphones to scold people who aren't self-quarantining. But actually, right now, they're, they're just scolding you. I wonder if they put the little lasers on it and zap you. That'll come. So this is the shaming techniques too. This is tyranny, folk. This is a straight out of uh, old sci-fis, dystopian sci-fis of the past. All there, isn't it? So the little tannoy sisters on them and they'll yell at you. Just like they showed you in, in Fahrenheit 451, the movie, eh? With the ground, the, the buildings and these 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 vehicles. Because they're using vehicles too, by the way, with tannoys on them and loudspeakers and yelling to people, come outside and stand in the gardens. That was Fahrenheit 451. Here it all is, eh? And the WG public health orders closure of old order Mennonite churches and schools. I'll put this article up there too. Again, this is, well, they're easy targets, aren't they? And then um, churches adjust to COVID-19 limits. Another one. This is a, a poor propaganda one, this next one, this next article. Tell you how they are complying and they're, they're, doing, they're having services online now for, for some, like Baker City Church and so on. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's a PR piece to show you. Some of them are complying, but the Mennonites, the poor Mennonites are getting hammered because they... They've got a history of just leaving the countries that start persecuting them, and I don't blame them. The first mass testing scheme for coronavirus begins in Wales, and, and it tells you it's Merthyr, it's, it's Tideful, I guess it's called, or Tidful, in Wales, and it's mass testing of some fast test that they're using. And if you test positive, you'll, you get the traditional swab test, which is just as false positive as the rest of them, which is a higher degree of accuracy. doesn't say much at all. And will be asked to return home to self-isolate itself. It doesn't mean you're ill, you know. By the way, I mean, Sweden's already said that there, in their articles that they, from these scientists that are running the country, or the, their version of COVID, they mentioned that... Um, it's better to get herd immunity occurring naturally, basically. That's what they're trying for. And you only do it by, by mixing together. And you will get, again, you won't know you've had it probably, but you definitely get, will get antibodies, which is herd immunity. You're now immune to it, folks. That's why they're having you locked down. Having you locked down, not mixing, stops it from passing on to herd immunity. So they're deliberately stopping you from getting, because they want to sell vaccines and getting you addicted to actually getting vaccines. You can actually cause addiction to, oh, yeah, oh, what have we got today? We've got this newfangled so-and-so for you today. Oh, I'll try that too then. Yeah. What about the new one for this one? That one? I'll throw that in as well. That's what it does. As I've mentioned, even the Daily Mail has now really joined, again, all the rest of the media and on uh, Anti-vax conspiracy theories still being peddled on social media despite tech companies promising crackdown. 
So uh, put that attic up as well if you want to waste your time on it. It's all predictable, isn't it? Because it's part of the agenda. They go, they go through all of that in, in their tests and in, in, in their dry runs, like like Event 201 and so on. They go through all that, even as far back as the ones from 2010 from the Rockefeller Foundation. Step by, we're following the script, exactly, you know. Spreading anti-vax conspiracy theories should be a crime, top scientists say amid fears. Bogus claims will damage uptake of coronavirus jab. And uh, Delling Poe uh, goes on and put, uh, he's a good uh, writer too. It says, Sesame Street sells its soul to the Great Reset. I've mentioned it before, how they use even children's programs to propagandize everything. Uh, you know, you don't realize it and always have done. So it's teamed up with the World Economic Forum to make a cent, to make series of videos, a series of videos, educating children about <laughs> that brainwashing they scored it out, educating children about the, the vital importance of learning to live with the new normal, wearing masks, maintaining six feet from social distancing, and gratefully accepting their vaccine shots, etc. Getting used to not playing with friends in person, but just meeting them virtually on a screen. On the World Economic Forum podcast called The Great Reset, Resetting Education with Sesame Street, the blue Sesame Street puppet, Grover tells his impressionable young listeners, at first it was hard when nobody could go to school and I could not visit my friends like Elmo or, well, even Oscar the Grouch, but then we learned to have video playtime. It was a lot of fun and made me feel better. You see? So there you go. Isn't that nice, say? Eh? Isn't that not nice? Isn't that not good for you? And for the adults, of course, they tell you to stay home and they'll give you more entertainment. And I think even the porno, some porno stations apparently or sites, and up to the spring, they said that they were giving them, I don't know, it's free admission or something, or I don't know how they'd run it. So, so yeah, for the children, they've got the children catered to, and for you, they've got other things to do as well. Two top Oxford academics accused Facebook of censorship for branding their article on whether masks work false information. So they, they put out uh, information on masks and they were branded as false information, right? So two Oxford scientists have attacked Facebook and the rest of them for, for branding them, right? Professor Carl Hennigan director of the University's Centre for Evidence-Based Medicine, posted a link on his Facebook page to the article he wrote with colleague Dr. Tom Jefferson, titled Landmark. Danish study shows face masks have no significant effects. This is the piece reviewed the recently published Danmas 19 trial, which looked at the effectiveness of masks in preventing wearers from becoming infected with, infected with COVID-19 to see the, how effective they were and um, so they posted a link, uh, and um, Professor Callahenny posted a link on their Facebook page. And um, after following some 6,000 volunteers for a month and a half, of whom were asked to wear face masks outside the home and a half, who were asked not to wear them, the researchers concluded that the difference in infection rates, 1.8 versus 2.1%, was so small it was not statistically significant, meaning it could have happened by chance. The Danish researchers described the results as inconclusive. But Facebook put a warning on the link, taking viewers to the 
to the 694 Word article which appeared on the the Spectator's website, the newspaper, claiming it had been checked by independent fact-checkers who found it amounted to false information. A few is Professor Hennigan, who wrote for the uh, uh, MOS earlier this month, drew attention to his run-in with Facebook and Twitter, telling his 70,000 followers, I'm aware of this happening to others. What has happened to academic freedom and freedom of speech? There's nothing in this article that is false. Well, that doesn't matter. Facts don't matter, man. Haven't you heard? And Peter Hitchens, too, are panicking. Prime Minister is bankrupting Britain. How extraordinary that the Johnson government, while in serious money trouble, choose to spend billions on a vaccine against a disease which in many cases has no symptoms at all. You know, bankrupt the country again, kill off the herd and say, what are we going to eat? So destroy the, the country, close down the economy, spend billions of dollars, it's all borrowed, and, and a vaccine and so on, and to pay people to stay at home. For a, for a, a disease which in many cases has no symptoms at all. Hmm. Yeah, this particular decision is a mere ripple on the surface of a much deeper problem. Britain in 2020 has many economic difficulties, but good credit. The lenders and investors of the world believe the UK is run by responsible people and will repay its debts. But my astute colleague Dan Atkinson really discovered that the Treasury and the Bank of England are creating money out of nothing. He just recently found out, eh? on a huge scale. It's like the old fairy tale of Rumpelstiltskin, who could spin gold out of straw, but at a terrible price. This is pretty simple. It's more than £150 billion of Britain's uh, Himalaya-sized national debt has effectively been paid off at no cost using money created by and passed between the Treasury and the Bank of England. Then they go into the scam and how it works. And that's in the Mail on Sunday, the Daily Mail on Sunday. It's called Mail on Sunday. But there you go, yeah. Uh, there you go. Billions are getting spent on a vaccine for a, against a disease which in many cases has no symptoms at all. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's for an agenda, you know. It's, I wish they'd start saying what it's really for, most of them, yeah. And also an article about quantitative easing and how the Bank of England used the quantitative easing to funnel money into different debt payoffs and so on. Also, there's anti uh, anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers file a lawsuit against Trudeau. Well, it, won't, it really won't matter in Canada. Canada's never been really democratic. A lot of talk about it, but it's really kind of communistic, which is exactly what the, the, the elite want. It's more efficient to run it that way when you just tell you what to do and you just obey them and that's it. And John Kerry talks the Great Reset too. Naturally, they're all on, at the same, on board at the same time. You should... Uh, again, he's a strange-looking character, this Kerry, but you have to find out. I mean, it's in history, too. He says, we're at the dawn of extremely exciting time, he says. As for the, the, the characters like him who've been planning this for years and years. Eh? And, uh, yeah, it's a mission that seeks major transformation of the world's economy, but it's also the whole way of living, by the way, as you well know, eh? So in a panel discussion by the World Economic Forum, Kerry and Biden is, is ready to rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement. We're back on board with it. There you go. And it says that they want to look at, uh, after the world's economy by abolishing money, private property, and democracy for the sake of a new world order, according to James Delling-Poe. 
And I'll put this one up as well. Yeah, they, they suffer a better tomorrow for themselves as you all, you peasants all die off, you know. Also, Kissinger, he was always warning us. Mind you that one too, that, that, that order that uh, Kissinger, Kissinger put out in the 60s or 70s, was it? On overpopulation and the threat of world peace and all that. And the greatest enemy of the state endangered the state was overpopulation. He said, well, here he is again. He warns Biden of U.S.-China catastrophe on a scale of World War One. he says. Oh, goodness sakes, eh? I'll tell you. Unless there's some basis for some cooperative action. The world was sliding in a catastrophe compared to World War One. he says. Eh? Ah, dear, dear, dear. He's, he's, he's living on scaring you. Yeah. And, and having nations bombed into non-existence. And amid Pentagon upheaval, military leaders face a fraught next few months. And again, it goes into Mark Esper disappearing and all that, or getting moved out. Another one's moved in to try to figure out what's going on. You can go on and on and on. I won't go on any further with all these articles because these are same old stuff. You know, there's fears about coronavirus Christmas. Thousands could spend holiday season alone if wrongly diagnosed. You're not if you're not sick. You're not sick. This is such a scam, really incredible scam. And how they're blown money. Prime Minister's one hundred billion pounds Operation Moonshot plans, right? A hundred billion pounds for testing and mass testing. And you understand, you'll never get with with, with particles of viruses. They'll, they'll come up as positive. They've been around since the world was created, and they always will be around. They're always present. You can't fail with these tests for getting what you want. That's why they picked it. You always pick up particles. It doesn't mean you've got the disease. It doesn't mean you're ill with it either. And that's where they get more cases, because the more tests they do, if they stop doing the testing, there'll be no cases, right? <laughs> the cases are you know, sick. Well, I didn't know. I didn't, you know. Then when you get over it, they don't mention when you when you're over it by yourself, you got hurt, you've got immunity now, you see. They don't like to tell you that, but you want you think you're, you're helpless until there's a vaccine comes along. You see, this is the technique, you see. So I'll put these articles up that I've mentioned here. I was hunting with South Australia and and yada yada yeah. It's just it's just never ending, isn't it? This this whole horror show because it is a war, a war upon society of the world actually, the whole world society by the richest folk on the planet. Who decided long ago there's just too many of you. And they really don't need you. They don't like you either. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> so much of what we saw in science fiction movies years ago, many, many years ago, even the stuff going way back, if you look it up, to the 1940s and 50s, old sci-fis, the early ones, showed you so much of the technology that you now have today that works, you know. You have the microwave technology. Probably, you've probably seen the articles of China using them on, on I think it was in India, troops in India on the border there. The, the clash, remember? 
how they incapacitated so many of the Indian troops by using really um, the articles in the Daily Mail, I think, that China used secret microwave pulse weapon to cook Indian soldiers alive and force them into retreat in Himalayan border battle, says your electromagnetic weapons used on the disputed Himalayan border. So they, they cleared out Indian troops without violating ban on gunfire. They didn't use guns, you see. So it's, uh, it's increasing with higher tech equipment and technologies being used uh, more openly this time. So the first time kind of openly. And um, I guess we get used to this idea. This is the kind of stuff, too, that they use for people who used to laugh at people. They were called targeted people, who certain things were happening to technological-wise and feel sick and ill or warm, suddenly warm and sweaty. And, of course, that can be a symptom of other things, too. But they often would claim that there was some kind of targeting going on. And it has come out gradually over years and years and years that weaponry is often tested upon their own people, first of all. Unwitting subjects who don't know that they're being targeted or chosen to be targeted because then then they can be really studied properly. If you tell a subject they're going to be targeted, they're ready for it, their reactions are different, and so on. So you always test these things on the population, generally your own population, actually. And that's what you've had for years. And now they come out and admit, oh, they've got all this weaponry, they've got on a big scale too, we can knock out whole armies with the stuff. But you also have the, the, part, the personal arms type of equipment too that one soldier can carry to knock out a single or a group of people fairly quickly, high-tech stuff. And another one, too, of course, is the one from um, C now. I think it's, yeah. Futuristic device from Israeli firm puts music in your head without headphones. And it's sun-beaming 3D technology from Noveto Systems tracks ear and sends it audio using ultrasonic waves, creating personal listening pockets. So you're in a bubble of sound, basically. And as you move around, it will move around with you. This, again, is like voice-to-skull technology that people complained about before and have tested it on people. Different countries have tested it out in their own populations, too. And um, a few years ago, there was an article in the papers where they tried it in New York for advertising. Some, so they're, they were beaming it into passers, uh, passers-by of a particular store, and, and you'd hear the voice in your head saying, go in and buy so-and-so, or go in and look at so-and-so. And, so. and uh, you'd, you'd do that, and you'd, you'd hear it, and you'd look around you, and no one, no one else heard it. It was, it was hitting you. So they're already testing that out for advertising quite a few years back. So now they've got the same kind of device uh, personalized to just be to track you. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. Uh, again, technology will be grabbed very quickly. People will jump on the on the bandwagon, and uh, and use it. I've no doubt at all. It'll be a success. 
But yeah, it's like it's like chips and brain chips and things like this. And we see the articles too about the the, the particular fibers now that can go into your brain, and uh, the big boys are using them. And when the big players, as well know, had an article a few months ago about that and how they could go in and, and enhance your brain, as they call it, with a, an external chip using these fibers that would penetrate your, uh, into the brain from the outside. And um, and then you had the articles too about DARPA using chips, implants, and again, paraplegics as an example. To, so they could, they could use thought, basically, to make a mouse cursor move on a computer screen, things like that. And you'll say, well, that's wonderful, that's wonderful. But you think that's really why DARPA is the military organization. They don't really care much about paraplegics, folks. It's, it's testing out things for other purposes, obviously. <laughs> and uh, and uh, there are people, too, who've um, possibly been experimented on with chips over many, 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 many years. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if that is, is really, really true. That your governments generally use things on your own people first. When you look at the experimentation in the U.S., which is a bit more open, in Canada you had, they'll admit to World War II, using uh, troops, volunteers and so on for testing chemicals for for gas and weaponry and chemical warfare and so on. And we had, we had articles back in the 90s about the last of them dying off. And they had, most of them had died off with cancer. All these ones were tested in World War Two in Canada, these troops, all kinds of cancers and things. But the States has gone further with, with the same kind of thing, plus and more where they actually in, injected different people for experimentation for, with cancers, including prisons, these prisoners too, to see if they could actually inject cancer cells into people that would take off in a different person's body. Um, and the syphilis experiments too, which they did in the States, you know, that's horrible. So they generally test these things on their own populations uh, because we're not really worth much. We're, we're just scum, you see. We're, we're peasants. And what you don't know won't hurt you. That's, that's their attitude, you know. And so that they go to great lengths to make sure you generally never know. And uh, at any point, it does come out, it's true. They deny it at first until about 25, 30 years passes. And say, oh, yeah, we did that back. That's a long time ago. So what? And then no one cares then, you see. It's rather sad, but uh, you, you have to understand you're living through an agenda. Every step of the agenda has to be carefully tested. Every step has to be tried out in smaller areas, perhaps, but over and over again in different areas to get the same results. To then they know something really works, and I don't think that, that they'll ever ever stop this kind of testing and uh, on the public. False information has generally always been put out by your own governments. Especially during wartime, the first casualty of war is, is truth, as you say. And you're in a war. This is all war scenario you're seeing with, with total lockdowns. Only two or three people to allowed to gather together in one place outside. And this is all straight from the, the manuals of, of um, martial law type scenarios. Emergency. Emergency laws. So you're, you're living in it and it's to get a lot worse as time goes on. And then comes the, the, the come down for you individually for what they want you to do or take or, or the rest of it. It's all planned that way. And they, they hope to use a massive psychological techniques on you beforehand. You're only going through it through fear. 
and, and for others that have cared for the promise of freedom, like work makes free. In other words, if you just comply and take your vaccination, you might get back to normal, even though, again, you have to listen to Fauci, who said from February onwards in March, life won't never go back to normal. It's a great reset, you see. That's the real purpose of, of all this that's going on. A different way of existing, a very, a very low um, quality of, of um, materialistic life, you know. Austerity, they call it, which is a nice way of saying, you know, bordering on poverty. It might even be poverty. And rationing of goods. And uh, your decisions made for you by your, your betters, you know, experts, what we call it, all the decisions for you, what to do, if you should work at something, if you shouldn't work at all. Um, right down to should you maybe just kill yourself or they'll help you eliminate yourself in a world we are being taught that life is cheap now. There's too many of you, so it's not really like you're a valuable creature. You're not an endangered species, and so they want to bring down the population. So you, you stop using all of the resources, you see. Keeping yourself alive, what an awful thing to do. Who gave you that kind of right to do that kind of thing? Just want to keep yourself alive, for goodness sake. And, and it's a world, it's Agenda 21, where... Eventually, there to be no private vehicles at all. That's what your Uber thing's all about, and so on. So, no privately owned vehicles. There'll be essential vehicles only. No private property. Eventually, I've, I've been through. I went through this stuff years ago uh, from the Agenda Twenty One uh, publication from the governments themselves and the sustainability crew with Maurice Strong and. Uh, yeah, it's all come down the pike. No private property eventually, rental only. Um, you'll be uh, basically allotted a, a living space which is rented. And uh, again, too, Bill, right in with the, with the Great Reset idea and uh, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, Evans Electronic, including cash and credits, that will be issued to you, just like your 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 um. Income to stay at home right now, basically, can go into the universal basic income they talk about. But you have to be behave and do what you're told, or you won't get the, uh, the the cash put into your account every month, you see. And eventually you can't save it up either. It'll just disappear by the end of the month as, as a new same number comes in again. That's how, that's what, that was set back in the 1940s and 50s, Bertrand Russell talked about it. You're living through a script. You've always been the problem, you see. And from the days of Thomas Malthus and even before him, you know, to the present time, you are the problem. Not them, but you. <laughs> and they plan to really do something about it. Now, really are, this is a war. This is an organized, conscious, planned war on all of the people. And they're ruthless, and they, they really mean business, folks. And uh, the only way you can stop it is, is enough people to stand up. I'll say no, that's it, that's it. They can't put everybody in prison, obviously. Uh, they're already using the army in psychological warfare against uh, people who are dissidents already. And um, 
and they're using the standard techniques of psychological warfare, looking at social influencers and trying to attack them online and so on, making it harder for them to get their material out there. And then you, right from the PSYOPs manuals, they use all media to put out unified messages of what's going to be the truth and what's not the truth and so on, straight off the manuals. And we're living through it right now. And it's going to get worse, unfortunately. Because if they stop now, you'd have to eventually um, retake your own governmental system <laughs> somehow and also uh, re- regain your own liberty and your right to do what you, to speak and so on. And then you'd have to look at what they've done and the damage, the incredible damage has been done already and massive debt and, all, and never mind the deaths that have been caused by folk who can't get into hospitals and told to stay home with heart attacks and cancers and no pain medications, utter psychopathic insanity. And that's how ruthless they are. So you'd have to take them to court and deal with them, wouldn't you? And they know it. And that's when they're really dangerous. They won't back down. They'll destroy the world before they'll admit they're wrong and back down. So, as I say, it's not, it's not a message, as I say, of cheerleading for the people. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a message for an individual. Because eventually you, you, you all get your turn to, 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 to have your say. <laughs> and that's all you'll probably be getting, is a bit of a say, perhaps. That's about it. But you decide uh, what you're doing in this planet here, and, and what your function is. And if we're just animals, then you've got to have animal, animal husbandry, so you've got bosses. However, if you're a real human being with a spirit, then, uh, then your maker has a right over you too, as opposed to government. And I think the maker's got a different purpose for you than being a blind, obedient, sterilized, and eventually sickened, weakened, malnourished um, human being. I think it's got better plans for you than that. But it's up to you what you want to go, where you want to go in life. And, and this life or anything to come is up to you, isn't it? But humanity has been so hammered for such a long time with a war which they did not know was even placed upon them. And this goes back generations. The point is not to just give up for the, and let all the past die, have died for nothing. All those that went before you. And you can look at all those that have still got the right to come in the future and and participate in living, you know, and give them their chances. Each person has an individual chance to experience everything that's as wonderful in this life too, in this world. And I would dare those that have decided they're masters of the universe uh, decided all for us. We didn't vote anybody in to do this to us. And I think you all know that too. They certainly know it. <laughs> and they're very conscious of it. But we fought for centuries and centuries to get rights and to get up off our knees, not to get back on our knees and feel guilty, but get up off your knees and stand up tall and and be, and then you can be counted, you know. And don't cower to the to the this this repetitive evil of authoritarian tyranny. You know you got to see for what it is and point it out and call it out too. 
that's what you have to do. The evil that's been done already is horrendous. And it's up to you to say no. So take care of yourselves all over the world. And um, we're all going through it. Yeah, absolutely, we're all going through it. And you need each other. As I say, we always need each other for help. And a few words here and there to all your friends, or even the few friends that you have, which is generally what most folk have, is only a few real friends. You know. Maybe only one or two, but you've got to keep in touch with them so you got, and help each other out when times get worse, because they're going to get bad. And find ways to get things for anybody who's locked down that they can't get them themselves or they can't get out, or they're, they're commanded not to go out. <laughs> and you got to find ways around, like a, like a resistance that operates through occupation. And you can't use electronic means to communicate for that kind of thing, obviously. That part of it, because then they can, <laughs> they've got the army already monitoring you. Now. And they have their psyops, so that's what they do, special forces. Eh? They, 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 they rent the, the internet and Sussing out the, who the social influences are and so on. Like they do in any campaign, same kind of techniques. And then they, f- they find the, the terrified public and, and they put out the memes for them to follow and get them to turn on the ones who won't comply and go along with the agenda. It's all happening. And it's, it's, it's yeah, the military's, they admit the military's now involved. Eh? But it was, an, an, it was obvious before the military admitted it. <laughs> Amazing time, so isn't it? So take care of yourselves, and let's hope we all get through this winter in the West. Like Australia is going through their summer, isn't it? Going into it, and and yet they're locked down as well. So again, the climate doesn't matter with this brand very novel, uh, yeah, novel coronavirus. Eh? It's very new indeed that they can do amazing things that uh, that it generally doesn't do. But uh, that doesn't matter, does it? It's, they've got every sign and symptom in the book for colds, flus. Or just feeling off color, or or bronchitis, or pneumonias, and uh, it could be any of those things. It might just be that you're a bit tired, but it makes no difference at all. A sniffle, no sniffle, diarrhea, constipation—they've uh, covered every base with this thing. And, and uh, of course, that's what they're doing in hospital. Any, any of the symptoms at all? The symptoms—they'll just put it down as COVID. That's all come out. We've got enough evidence to last years and years, just reel it all off, off the, the scam up until now. We know that. We've had to admit and lower the numbers and tell true figures or truer figures than before. But it won't stop them. They're back to square one again. So there you go, a terror campaign upon the people. They all have to be held accountable for what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. For myself, take care. Alan Ward from Ontario, Canada. This good night, and may your God or your God's go with you.